on the cusp of Starfield reviews getting to land, some strange information is coming out about how the review codes have been distributed. Outlets are coming together, chiming in in unison to talk about the strangeness of being excluded from getting a code. More than that, one outlet in particular was given a code for after the fact, but then given very specific instructions about the first code that they received. About an hour after they published their article on this, they were given another review copy in addition to the one they received with very specific instructions. Now, theories are obviously running wild here, and it's not unusual for outlets to be handpicked to get codes and others to not get codes. I was under the impression that a handful of more neutral outlets and YouTubers had received codes for Starfield, but that is turning out to not be true. The more I've looked into this, the stranger it has become. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning in an opening monologue, and then I discuss it with the live audience. That way you don't have to go looking for the information that you might be looking for if you clicked on this video. If you like this kind of live environment content, hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you don't miss these streams. Well, the Starfield reviews are almost here, but don't expect some outlets to be ready when the embargo drops. A rash of outlets recently revealed that they either did not receive a code or were given unprecedented instructions with how to handle the code that they were given. Then, a code was sent to one of these outlets as a response, but it will still be too late for them to have their review ready. Now, I'm officially on record multiple times saying that I understand avoiding certain outlets and YouTubers and content creators you want good press you you know make this business decision it's sensible and it's not something to take personal if you don't get a code as a youtuber or a content creator that's just sort of the way the business of this industry works many have theorized that my consistent criticism of xbox the xbox series s and my disappointment in criticism over things in starfield like 30 fps well they think that's the reason that i myself did not receive a code i honestly don't ever plan to adjust my feedback or coverage based on getting codes or not. The harsh criticism that I have for Final Fantasy 16 performance mode, the combat that I criticize in Horizon Forbidden West, or Jedi Survivor's launch date is likely not winning me points with anyone. So my approach to content, opinions, and criticism won't change anytime soon. And hopefully, the outlets that don't get codes in this scenario feel the same way. They're just going to cover things from their perspective and viewpoint. But this situation seems to be a bit different than just hand picking outlets for positive reviews given the current trend the information coming out as well as the quick response to give one outlet a code everybody's anticipating starfield and the review embargo is right around the corner so it was very strange to suddenly find out that a bunch of outlets that typically get codes were not given them so first i want to walk through exactly what happened euro came euro gamer is the one that sort of opened this can of worms and more outlets have continued to chime in since the consistent theme of uk outlets not getting codes is certainly an odd one and it's leading to some pretty wild theories second I want to ask the question, what is going on? Seeing credentialed outlets get passed over while brand loyal YouTubers get codes is a tad concerning because we've been here before. Two weeks ago, I did a show where I said the review info was actually a good sign. The embargo was a good date. The outlets receiving codes had me feeling pretty positive. And for the most part, I'm still feeling that way. I still feel we are going to get ample time to see this game and learn about this game before the official release 
release date. We've learned that even some of the more neutral YouTubers, however, that I thought were getting codes, actually did not get codes. Lastly, I want to tell you what I think about all of this. I have my own opinions about how review codes should go out, and I will even reference Spider-Man 2 as a big title that I'm looking for, and I will use that sort of as a test case scenario of who I think should get a code and who I think should not get a code. So first, what exactly what exactly happened? So as far as I can tell, what set this whole thing off in motion was an article from Eurogamer. They sent a tweet that simply read, Eurogamer and Starfield, why our review will be late, and it linked to an article. Now the current article has an update about how one hour after they published this, they did receive a code, but they made sure to emphasize they will still not have a review ready before the embargo drops. It simply is not enough time. Two days for a game of this size. They have people who put together guides for them, and they obviously would handpick somebody to do the review, and there just simply is not enough time to do any of that in the next 48 hours from the time that they received it. But the article opens up by saying, Just two days away from Starfield's review embargo, Eurogamer is still to receive a copy of the game from Bethesda. Now, a common response to this type of thing I'm seeing out there is, well, nobody's entitled to a code. Some fans actually celebrated, which I find humorous. They're sort of happy to see an outlet that's not, you know, drenched in green paint and Xbox fandom. Seeing an outlet like this get denied a code, they, they think is wonderful. But Eurogamer quickly acknowledged that they're not entitled to a code. That's not the perspective that they're coming from. They said, quote, no publisher is obligated to provide a copy of their game to us, but it it is important that we are able to be transparent with you, our readers, about the delay this will have on the Eurogamer coverage you expect, especially as it has become clear that copies of the game are abundant elsewhere, and in particular, in the US. Almost immediately, you can sense the oddity here. Number one, it's Eurogamer. It's not some guy who makes videos and makes Phil Spencer cry in the thumbnail, right? This isn't some fanboy channel or outlet. It's, it's a credentialed outlet. It's Eurogamer, right? And then, then when they point out the fact that plenty of outlets have received codes and the trend being more heavily weighted in the U.S., it seems a tad odd. But then the trend gets a little stranger. They said, Access to the game appears to have been heavily restricted in the U.K., where Bethesda has also not provided copies of Starfield to other websites and YouTube channels owned by Eurogamer parent company ReadPop. Okay? So you might be like, who in the world's ReadPop? There seems to be something going on here, like ReadPop and their you know subsidiaries are not getting codes. Well, ReadPop is certainly not nobody, alright? They own and they launched Eurogamer. They own and operate GameIndustry.biz, New York Comic Con. They acquired PAX in 2008. They launched and they own VG247. And they have, since they acquired PAX, PAX has been expanded. They launched outside Xbox, which is a YouTube channel dedicated to Xbox with 2.6 million subscribers. So they literally have a dedicated Xbox channel. So, ReadPop being excluded in addition to other European outlets is, at a minimum, I think very strange, especially because Eurogamer noted, quote, Meanwhile, other UK outlets have been provided access through Bethesda's US arm. So while the situation doesn't seem completely focused on the UK, it's like not a hard rule because there were people theorizing like, well, maybe they just blocked the UK from getting codes, which I don't think is what's going on here. But it makes it even more strange. I could actually see somebody really high up at a decision, you know, making level saying, listen, don't include the UK. It would be a little weird, but at least it would be a concrete decision, some kind of a regional control thing, right? But that's not what's going on because there are UK outlets that have received 
codes. And if you're thinking that Eurogamer just sort of sat idly by expecting a code, that is not the case. They said that throughout the past two weeks, since copies of the game were made available to the media, I've spent hours trying to discuss the issue with Bethesda, and the matter has been repeatedly flagged to both Bethesda and Microsoft at senior levels. Now, in these exchanges, they were assured that they would be getting a code at some point. But just when you thought the situation wasn't strange enough, listen to how they got a code for Digital Foundry, but then they were given very specific instructions on how to handle that. Lastly, a note on Digital Foundry. You should expect to see a relatively prompt coverage of the game by Rich and his team after a separate delivery of Starfield code was provided to them. However, this was provided alongside instruction to me by Bethesda that no other parts of Eurogamer were granted access. This was an unprecedented request, but one I ultimately felt compelled to honor to ensure access granted to Digital Foundry was not subsequently impacted by any other mandate okay this pretty much confirms this wasn't an accident this wasn't some intern or somebody not knowing what they're doing i have it on good authority there was a company handling the distribution of these codes but it sounds like they were working directly with bethesda because they said listen bethesda said no other parts of Eurogamer are to get access to this this is a very specific request so this wasn't an accident It wasn't like somebody just forgot to send Eurogamer a code. They were in direct correspondence with Microsoft and Bethesda. Senior people at the companies were notated, and then they were given very specific instructions on don't do anything with this code other than let Digital Foundry have it. Now, that is good news. I like Digital Foundry stuff. There's some weirdness going on right now on Twitter because the guys from Digital Foundry posed for a picture with Phil Spencer and Todd Howard like, That's not abnormal to go to events like Gamescom and pose for pictures, especially with people like Todd Howard and Phil Spencer. They're like sort of iconic in the industry. I've been heavily critical of Todd Howard and his decisions with Starfield. I've been very critical of Phil Spencer. I would pose for a picture with these guys. Like, I don't think that's strange. So I don't think like Digital Foundry is compromised. But I do think it's interesting that they were given a code and then sort of said, hey, you don't give this code to anybody else at Eurogamer, okay? So this was not an accident. This was very, very specific. And it goes without saying, they were likely worried about their own code coming later that they were promised. Like Eurogamer's consistently given assurances like, oh, you're going to get a code, you're going to get a code. So they're like, well, we better abide by the rules here. Now, it gets a little confusing because tweets have disappeared from the Eurogamer guys because they've since been given a code. So they're trying to probably play like the diplomatic angle here of like, well, we said we didn't get a code and they gave us one. So I guess we better remove the tweets because everybody's going to reply. I'm like, you got a code. Like what, you know, what's your problem? I think the fact that they got a code in the way that they did is the most blatant reaction to bad press that I've ever seen and it does virtually nothing for them given the embargo is like 48 hours later it's like here's this massive game with all these systems and all this stuff going on hopefully you can completely change your schedule and your plans and your bandwidth and whoever you had assigned to do this work hopefully you can just have them literally throw their life at this for the next 48 hours oh and then when they're done hopefully they can write a script record it get it edited get all the b-roll footage slapped together so you can hit the embargo date right this just serves as a good i think narrative piece of armor oh yeah they got a code i don't know why they said they didn't get a code right you're already seeing all of the fanboys in force saying Eurogamer got a code what's the big deal well yeah of course they did that like that's what this is designed to do this feels 
like somebody's playing sort of a weird game of chess. It's like, well, yeah, they didn't get a code. They verbalized they won't be able to get a code or, or get a review out in time because of the lack of a code. And then we're going to give them a code, but they're still not going to be able to get it out in time. So now, you know, all the all the fanboys can attack them and say, quit your crying, you got a code, right? I just feel like this is manipulation 101, all right? Now, they weren't the only ones to not get one. They were seemingly surprised that they didn't get one. Chris Schilling from Edge Magazine said, solidarity with our chums at Euro gamer edge has been denied a starfield code as well so when he's using the word denied there i'm just assuming that they tried to get one and were told no and it seemed to be a bit of a surprise to them like we're talking about edge magazine the guardian didn't get one axios didn't get one there's tons of outlets that just simply didn't get codes for this game and their expectation was what we typically get codes of games you know of this size again these are credentialed outlets again we're not talking about youtubers complaining about not getting codes we're talking about gaming press outlets now somebody suggested to him i got a screenshot here they said listen you know maybe this was a miscommunication thing with the uk and chris replied and he said with respect no all right and to be fair the very specific instructions given to Eurogamer about only letting digital foundry have access i think that debunks the well it was a communication error thing no this was very very orchestrated this was intentional this was not an accident now i'm not saying there's some grand conspiracy at play but to act like this was an accident this was not an accident this was on purpose okay darren jones of retro gamer magazine also replied to chris and said hey we didn't get a code either now now keep in mind, given that Reed Pop was essentially denied as a parent company, outlets like VG247 are attached to that. So I would not expect VG247 to have a review at embargo, okay? And I don't think it's because of negative coverage. Like, look right here. This is VG247 yesterday. I took this screenshot yesterday. It says, by the end of the year, the Xbox Series S will be the cheapest place by an absurd margin, to play Baldur's Gate 3 and Starfield. This is a great tweet for Xbox, right? So I don't think this is based on, like, negative coverage, right? Like, hey, how dare you be out there, you know, really putting a positive angle and spin on the fact that, like, Baldur's Gate 3 is actually coming to Xbox this year. That's that's a pretty nice piece for Xbox. That's a pretty good look for them, given all the circumstances surrounding Baldur's Gate 3 coming to Xbox. So, I do not think that this is what everybody's sort of casting this as. Oh yeah, if you say bad stuff, you're gonna get blacklisted. You're not gonna be able to cover uh, Starfield, which, hilariously, I just, I find this so humorous. So many Xbox fans are celebrating this, right? The idea that review codes should only be sent to outlets that will be positive about the game, that's just really strange to me. You're basically asking for PR. You're not asking for reviews. Like, do you honestly honestly think like VG247 and Eurogamer, what, what, were they going to give the game a five, call it trash, and say cry hard Xbox? Like, no, they they were going to give a fair review. I've never seen any of these outlets be like, yeah, it's trash. Because we don't like Xbox. I mean, for goodness sakes, Pop literally owns launched Eurogamer and they have an Xbox dedicated YouTube channel. So to the Xbox fans celebrating this, you are completely unaware of the reality of what you're actually celebrating. You're not really seeing the bigger picture here. Now, this lends, I think, itself to a discussion of like, what's going on. Why would such a strange situation be emerging? Okay, well, first, the first observation I want to make is that 
Code distribution of games does uh, does not always have the same focus, okay? I believe there are sort of two forms or two aims when review codes are distributed. One is because you want press outlets to be able to give those reviews day one. You're like, here you go, guys. Get those, get those reviews ready to go. Now, the other reason to distribute early access or review codes is you're purely focused on marketing. Now, these two philosophies overlap. They're intertwined. Letting outlets and YouTube channels play a game in advance, publish reviews a few days before the game launches, that's really, really great for your game. It's a great marketing push right at the finish line, okay? Especially... If the game is good, right? If the reviews come out and they're they're absolutely amazing, like six days before God of War Ragnarok, all the reviews dropped. And they were virtually all glowing and positive. Well, that's really good for a game, right? So when the embargo date is well before the game's launch and all of the reviews are very positive, it's a great piece of marketing. But in all the years that I have done this, I do feel there are times where code distribution and capture events it's more focused on the marketing, okay? And there's nothing wrong with this. There's no foul at play. There's no foul play here, okay? You've invested million dollars in your game. Your marketing budget is typically quite large for a game like this. Just yesterday, Bethesda's YouTube channel published a video called Starfield Space Camp. In the video, they sent Astro, Alexandra, Phil's Pixel, Lily Pichu, and Myth, love you, Myth, they sent them to Space Camp in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay, this was all done to promote Starfield. That, that that video wasn't cheap to make. Okay, so I think the main takeaway here is is that we are seeing, I think, a bit more of a marketing bent for the runway of this game coming out. They're picking YouTubers. You know some of these YouTubers are going to give this game a 10 out of 10. They're going to say it was life-changing. They're going to say they cried, right? <laughs> I'm being I'm being hyperbolic, but you know that many of these YouTubers are going to absolutely give glowing reviews to this game. They're going to ignore anything wrong with it. And that, listen, that's totally fine. Everybody has their bias and their bent, but they're choosing YouTubers like that over outlets like Eurogamer because I believe they're primarily focused on marketing. This is not about getting an authentic review score from the wider gaming press. This is about promoting the game and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, one obvious question that keeps coming up though is, well, why does it seem like they're including like large sections of the UK gaming press. Now, many have theorized that this is CMA motivated, given the CMA is the last regulator standing in the way of Microsoft securing their purchase of Activision. Someone high up at Microsoft could have said, hey, send a message. We don't want the UK gaming press included. We're not really playing nice with them right now. I don't buy this. I'm, I'm being dead serious with you. I don't think that's what's going on. I don't think that, like, someone at Microsoft, like Dr. Claus, like, petting a cat, is like, send a message. Like, I don't think that's what's going on here. Um, it, that's a possibility, but I just, I don't think that's the most likely thing. I, again, think this is way more to do with, let's focus on marketing the game. This is not about gaming press outlets and the wider score that we'll receive. Okay? So what do I think? Right, I've been covering games for a really long time. People get codes, people don't get codes. There's always drama around who get codes and who doesn't get codes, right? Like plenty of YouTubers are, you know, blacklisted because they're either too harsh or too honest or whatever, okay? First and foremost, I think it would be great if there was standard operating procedure here, all right? I enjoy reviews from folks like ACG and SkillUp, okay? I find them to be very on the mark, very on target. I don't feel like there's a hard bent 
against or for anybody from those guys. I feel like they just literally talk about games from an honest perspective. I don't know if I've ever watched one of their reviews and been like, I don't agree with this at all. Like, I generally find myself agreeing with them. And that's valuable to me. It's like, this is somebody who sees games in the way that I do, and I want to hear what they have to say. So when big AAA companies skip over guys like SkillUp and ACG... It always makes me wonder why. Like, what are you scared of? Okay. It also hurts my ability to get a glimpse at a game pre-launch. I have never been focused on being a review guy. I've never done that kind of content, not extensively. I've never been somebody who built my brand around reviews. But guys that have, like ACG and SkillUp, I tend to value their input because that's literally how they earn a living. It's it's how they got to the size and the notoriety that they are. Okay. That's they've delivered a valuable product all these years. If they were just some trash biased hater I think there's a skill ceiling not a skill ceiling there well, there probably is a skill ceiling <laughs> the, the, the trashy like haters that just deal in like slandering games and calling them garbage there's a skill ceiling there they don't know what they don't they can't make better content than that right so I don't think people get to the size of these guys by being like heavily biased and just hating on stuff for the sake of hating on it but beyond just youtubers of notable size, What about credentialed press outlets? Okay, I'm not sitting here saying, oh yeah, give codes to every YouTuber that's out there. But from where I sit, if I was in charge, I would be like, listen, if it's a credentialed press outlet, give them a code. If it's Eurogamer, if it's PC Gaming, if it's, who cares? If it's Guardian, if it's Edge, if it's IGN, just give them codes. Like if they're an established organization with procedures and people that are going to handle the review in a professional way, just just give them a code. Like, what are you afraid of? Now, I'll even say this for a game like Spider-Man 2. Really looking forward to Spider-Man 2. Much like Starfield, I pre-ordered all the cool stuff. Collector's Edition, I got the plates, I got the controller, I got my Collector's Edition of Starfield, you know, shipping alert just this morning. So, I'm all in on these games. Like, these are games I was heavily anticipating. So, with Spider-Man 2 being a game that I'm heavily anticipating, my opinion is, by all means, let everybody play it. I, I'm not. I'm not scared of an Xbox-leaning outlet talking about Spider-Man 2. Like, I'll give you an example. Paris, who appears on the Kind of Funny X-Cast, that's an Xbox podcast, he is, I think, a a a bit of a lean toward Xbox, and there's nothing wrong with that, but he received a Spider-Man PlayStation 5 collector's, like, PlayStation from Insomniac and Insomniac retweeted him and I think that that's awesome it's like well hey listen I don't care if he leans Xbox I don't care if he's on an Xbox podcast just let him have the game let him play the game right I don't know if he's going to get a review copy but I would imagine you know if they're giving him the PlayStation they're going to let him play the game early I would think right I don't care what an Xbox leaning channel says about a game or a PlayStation leaning channel or outlet says about a game podcasts are going to do this no matter what okay and that's totally fine it's kind of like if you've ever read a review or you've listened to a review from somebody who doesn't really like souls like games you you understand that hey they're not really going to give armored core a fair shake right like you kind of read their review and you weigh it understanding like this person doesn't really like these types of games but i still think their review has value I don't think you just throw the review out. I think it can be insightful into what a different type of player thinks about 
a particular game. Another example would be Xbox Era. They gave Redfall an 8.5. By even stretching your imagination, that game is not an 8.5. Like Anybody playing that game cannot give it a favorable score. An 8.5 is a very good score, okay? Anything above, I think, a 7.5. As soon as you touch 8, you're, you're talking about a pretty good game. Not a great game, but a pretty good game, okay? By all means, let, let Xbox Era play Spider-Man 2. I, I don't care. It's not going to hurt the game if the game is good. If, if When a truly great game comes out, outlets that lean or have a bias, they will not affect the game in any measurable way because all outlets have a bias. You, you can't remove that reality from the world that we live in, right? Human beings write these articles. Human beings write the reviews and make the videos. So, yes there's going to be a bias. Now, of course, there are outlets that are, I think, more neutral and more objective, but even they are going to have game design preferences. They're going to have ideas about how the story should be told or or how mechanics should be implemented. The recent resurrection of the easy mode debate around Armored Core 6 is proof that you're always going to run into people that, even as neutral and as objective as they're trying to be, they have their own preferences. They have things that they think ought to be happening in the game, and that's going to shade their review. I honestly fully support a gaming culture of game trials. I actually fully support game refunds on consoles the way that Steam does it. You played for an hour and a half, didn't like it, get a refund. It's glitchy and buggy, runs like trash, get a refund, right? I think we're not protected properly as consumers, and game trials and game refunds would actually be a great protective barrier. Is the game good? Okay. Then what's everybody so afraid of, right? If Starfield really is a 9 out of 10 game, then what difference does it make if some pro-Sony outlet or pro-Sony YouTuber gives it a 7, right? If it's 9 out of 10, if it's 10 out of 10, if it's a award-winning game, what are you afraid of? You, do you honestly think, like, one outlet, one outlet could could do that, could could potentially just tank the score? Like, they just pull it all the way down? Like, I don't think so. I don't think you could argue that one outlet's going to affect the score of a game to that significant of a degree. Does protecting the Metacritic score in the first 24 to 72 hours, does it matter that much? I assume that it does. Because this is, at the end of the day, a business decision. Chris Schilling, the one from Edge Magazine who chimed in about not getting a code, he tweeted an article about this very thing in the wake of the situation. It's on hitpoints.substack.com. It's called Hit Points by Nathan Brown. And the article was called Gaming the System. This was written in November of last year. And here's what Nathan Brown had to say about this. Quote, Protecting a day one meta score by cherry picking outlets that are perceived to be friendly means accepting that the eventual average may be lower than it would have been had you just given everyone a review code at the same time. The most engaged parts of your player base will likely hear about it and end up just as wary of buying the game as late coming reviewers were of playing it because they sense shenanigans in the air. In an era where games are intended to have longer tails, this seems to be an unnecessary risk to take. If a game isn't very good, we're all going to find out sooner or later. Might as well just rip off the plaster and be done with it. Now, at one level, I agree with him, right? We're we're all going to find out anyway. But just let everybody have the code, and let, let's let's just get the score out of the way. Like you're cherry picking, so your meta score is padded. That doesn't serve any purpose to your game or the gaming community. Like, oh yeah, we got a 92. Well, take your screenshots quickly, because a week later you might not. Right? Like, at another level, though, I do know the truth. 
So he's right, but most people are going to see the Metacritic score in the first 24 hours, and it's going to affect their judgment. So after it's all said and done, we don't truly know why some outlets got codes and others don't. It's safe to say there is some level of business and marketing decision at play. And the good news is, early access starts the day after the Starfield embargo ends. So you, as the consumer, have no excuse to dive into this game just based off of the reviews. You can watch any YouTuber, any streamer that can can play this game. You will have more than enough information over the weekend to make an informed decision. At the end of the day, we as consumers have to make the decision on the information that we have, even if the information has been hand-selected. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusion here. The the runway to Starfield's launch has been really, really interesting. I, for one, just want the game to launch so the public can see it for themselves from the leaks to review code debates to people planning to review bomb and spoil the game. Why? Like, that's pathetic. Don't do that. I just want this whole thing to be over. Just yesterday, Stella from IGN expressed that she wasn't at all impressed with what she had seen of the game up to now, saying she had hadn't played it but everything she had seen just wasn't that impressive admitting that look i've not played it yet and she said that she hoped she ended up being wrong so she's sort of saying here's my expectations here's my initial impressions her tweet i replied to her tweet with a gif saying run just run you don't know what's about to happen to you okay the tweet hit over 300,000 views it has over 700 comments and only 600 likes so People are going crazy. They're getting, they're very angry, right? They're, they're responding to the tweet and attacking her. I saw some disgusting and reprehensible responses insulting her looks and appearance, which don't say it to her in person. She's tough. She'll break your jaw. Okay. Go check out some of her videos. All right. (laughs) But she didn't deserve this. All right. All she does is she comes out and says, I'm not touched the game, but uh, (laughs) I'm not that impressed. Okay. That's fair. That's just her opinion. That's her perception the ravenous defense and toxicity surrounding this game is just truly astounding but the second thing i want to say every coin has an opposite side those rooting for this game's failure are their own breed of toxic just yesterday i speculated that maybe playstation fans would not be interested in this game in its current form given that it's 30 fps and the leaks are a little worrying. I thought, I don't know if PlayStation fans would be interested in this, right? Now it gets twisted, it gets misrepresented, and somebody says, well, this pony's out here claiming that Sony passed on the game. I never said Sony passed on the game. It was a hypothetical. I was entertaining the idea that, well, maybe Sony dodged a bullet here. This game's looking like it might be a little rough. And being at 30 FPS, I could see PlayStation fans, the way they respond to the Final Fantasy 16, really not being too enthused about Starfield. But people will take clips and put a false summary, and nobody listens to the clip. They read the false summary, and they just believe it. I was told not to speak for PlayStation fans. Well, plenty of PlayStation fans are sending a loud and clear message. They don't want this game, and they want to see it fail. So I don't think my theory or observations out of line. There are plenty of people actively rooting for this game to be bad and fail, and it's coming from the PlayStation crowd in pretty large numbers. Now, I, for one, want this game to land in the high 80s. I want it to be a success. I want it to be a success for Bethesda. They've worked on it for a very long time, and I've been covering it for a very long time. I really hope I can enjoy all the aspects of the game that I was looking forward to. My conclusion is this. Those of you who treat Starfield as a battleground of identity, and you keep trying to pull the rest of us into the fight, it's tiring. 
I am simply not allowed to say anything critical or cover the game in a negative way at all because you've integrated your identity and your sense of worth into a brand. So anything negative or critical said about the game, you take it personally, get in your feelings, and you react in an emotional way. And the same goes for the other side. Starfield is not a threat to PlayStation. It's not a threat to you as a PlayStation fan. PlayStation fans have said many times to Xbox fans, listen, if you want the game, buy the box. If you want Starfield, buy the box. I have one. I have a Series X, so I don't need to say I don't need that said to me. I've, many people have told me to buy an Xbox because they just assume I don't have one. I'll actually probably primarily play this on PC. Rooting for this game to fail, hoping that this game has failure, is starting to feel like maybe you're worried the game's actually good. When the dust settles on this game, the truth will be plainly visible. No matter how many tweets are sent, no matter how many videos you upload, or how many review codes you withhold, likely, all the other games before it, this game, just like those, as they say, the proof, well, it'll be in the pudding. And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Another strong turnout for Starfield coverage. Uh, we, We had an insane day yesterday. I imagine we'll have another insane day today. Let's keep it civil. Let's have a conversation what the frick is going on? Why are they blocking? Why are they blocking like sectors of the UK? I don't get this at all. Is this, is this, is this marketing? Is this vindictive? Is this, it can't be an accident. Anybody telling me this was an accident, it's like they literally gave Eurogamer specific instructions for digital foundry like nobody else can touch this like don't tell me it's an accident that's the one you know version of this that i simply reject it's like all evidence points this being orchestrated this was planned this was intentional the question is why right the question is why uh thank you Derek. i appreciate that a gifted member from ragnarok let's push that gifted member again today dk beggar joins in and gifts a member, thank you so much. And Zippy Narwhal says, "Let's be real. Those PlayStation fans like uh, J Dub or King Thrash will hate anything on Xbox. It has nothing to do with Starfield itself." But do you ever feel like those guys are playing a role that other people play as well? Right? There, there, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. The universe is simply balancing itself. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I agree with those guys every single time they tweet something. I don't. I've disagreed with them a handful of times. King Thrash and I just disagreed the other day about the NPCs in Starfield, right? You know what was amazing? Neither of us attacked each other personally. <laughs> he didn't slander me. He didn't block me. We went back and forth, and we went on about our day, right? Like, I don't, I don't agree with everything those guys say. Another gifted member coming in from Joker Quinn, and then five from Darth Biscuit taking us all the way to aid a nice, strong start today. Thank you, Darth Biscuit. And a $5 super chat from... I steal popular names for likes. Thank you for the $5. I love how you mentioned that many of these gamers are emotionally attached to these brands. They will defend these brands like it is their own mother. Thank you for the five spot. Another five spot from Victory. Uh, Sure, King Thrash and J-Dub often trash Xbox, but they don't tell lies. They also critique PlayStation. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that, oh, a bunch of stuff happened during the show open. Hang on a second. Um... Kevin Brady with a $5 super chat. Thank you, Kevin. Baker with 27 months of membership. Thank you, Baker. King uh, Dark Taco with 12 months, and it's a VIP. A whole year, a gold badge for you. Says, I thought I already celebrated this new badge, but hey. A $5 super chat from Severin Evans. That was the first super chat today. To be fair, 
Nobody is entitled to a code for any reason, but it's a strange way to go about things. I can grant that. Strange decision. That's all I really wanted to focus on. I said more times than I can count. Listen, nobody's owed a code. This is business. It's business. Sometimes it's personal. I know firsthand with another game. (laughs) Not with Starfield. Not with Starfield. Sometimes it's personal, okay? But in this case, it's like, it's just business. But why? Like, what? why would you skip? Eurogamer? Of all outlets? Of all outlets. Like, you're like, Digital Foundry can have one, but you don't touch it. You don't, Nobody else can touch it. Just Digital Foundry. It's like, Richard Ledbetter literally writes for Eurogamer. Like, huh? It doesn't make any sense to me. Why that level of control? It just seems odd. It seems incredibly odd. And then, uh, hang on a minute. Was there another... Hang on, I was in fan funding. Was there another super chat? No, that's it, that's it. That's all the super chats. Eddie with a five-month re-up. Just wanted to say hit that like button. Thank you so much. If you see what Eurogamer said about Hi-Fi Rush, what difference does that make? What difference does that make? Why would you block an outlet simply because they were critical of a game? I get you're worried, but this guy has been mainly criticizing Starfield a lot on his content but he got a code, why would he get one? No, 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 hang on. If you watch my show open, I said, I don't think this is about blacklisting people. I said that. I was like, I don't think that's what this is. I said, I think this is more about marketing. And going to a really big YouTuber who has consistently covered Starfield, that makes sense. Does it not? From a marketing standpoint, does it not make sense? I mean, the guy you mentioned has a shirt that literally memes on the 16 times... The detail. Now, I definitely am curious as to why. It, have we got hard confirmation that ACG did not get a code? I was originally said that we got a co- he got a code. ACG posted his Redfall review early, so that's probably why he didn't get one. Thank you for the five spot. Oh, that's right. I actually forgot about that. He was one of the ones that messed up and broke embargo. Remember the embargo on Redfall? A 10 bomb! From Average Arcader, thank you so much, Average Arcader, for gifting 10 members to the community. Guys, make sure and say thank you to Average Arcader. You could pay it forward and gift a member to somebody else. And a $5 super chat from Darth Biscuit. Eurogamer must have said something wrong during ABK merger. Wait, ACG, ACG did get a code, right? ACG buys his own stuff. Well, but he got a code for Redfall. He did, because I remember he was the one that... (laughs) Excuse me, I had to sneeze all of a sudden. ACG is one of the ones who accidentally posted his review early. He did, I remember. I remember, because the embargo was so weird around Redfall. He wasn't the only one. A bunch of people made that mistake. Another gifted member from Joker Quinn, pushing the number to 19. Little gifted member train here early in the morning. Yeah, I, I, it, listen, if ACG got passed over this time around, I mean, he made a mistake with Redfall. That's a real easy way. Skillup didn't get a review code either. Yeah, Skillup didn't get one. I, you know, well, he was really critical of Redfall, so, I mean, wasn't everybody? Come on. <laughs> if you're not, listen, listen, if you're not going to give codes for people that were critical of Redfall, then like, Who's going to get a code? Xbox era? Like, everybody was critical of Redfall, except for them. (laughs) Like, 
Come on. The old, no outlet's getting a code then. That, that's not... I'm telling you that's not what's going on. I promise you that's not what's going on. They're not passing over people because they were critical of Redfall. Graden with 12 months. Be critical, be skeptical, see great conversations, disagree and be disagreed with, keep going, great work, Lono. Thank you, Graden, for hitting a whole year and a gold badge. And Graden gifts a member and puts us on the doorstep of the 25. Every 25, I gift five back. Help us hit those amazing goals every single day. He'll never get Bethesda anything, but didn't he get one? Did he review Redfall on his own creature, or did Ralph get a code for Redfall? Eugene says, Repop, Reed Pop has a 2 million subscriber Xbox dedicated channel, and they're not getting it. It smells like incompetence, not malice. Here's why it doesn't feel like incompetence, Eugene. Excuse me. <clears throat> it doesn't feel like incompetence. Because they had specific instructions for Eurogamer. They were given specific instructions. Only Digital Foundry. Only Digital Foundry. It's like, well, wait a minute. What, why? It wasn't like an accident. They Eurogamer was corresponding directly with them, and it was being flagged to senior people at Bethesda and Microsoft. And they were given specific instructions only digital foundry that doesn't feel like incompetence that feels like there were actual there were actual standards rules something to say no certain people are not getting access i can't wrap my head around why people are so invested why they made the decisions they did about who does and doesn't get review codes who cares they put their work their choice listen it's a business decision at the end of the day ryan but it's odd Think about it from this perspective. The Eurogamer says, uh, this is unprecedented. We've never actually experienced this before. Hey, 25 out of 25 doesn't come from a gifted member. It comes from Char Cummins. And then we go to 26. The Agent of Chaos is DK Baker. Thank you so much, DK, for gifting another member. And we're 26 out of 50. Thank you so much. Feels blacklisted because of Fallout 76, not because of Redfall. Again, listen, I'm willing to admit there are definitely YouTubers that are on the list, right? I likely ended up on that list. I don't care, right? Skill Up's probably on that list. Like, uh uh-uh, no, uh uh-uh, no, mm mm-mm. We've seen enough clips. We've seen enough videos. I don't think that's what's going on in this particular situation with Eurogamer and Read Pop and Edge Magazine and Retro Gamer. I don't think they're on like a blacklist. I don't think I don't think that's what's going on. I think YouTubers can definitely get on a blacklist. But I don't think you go to credentialed outlets and say, "No, you're on a naughty list," right? Um we are one of the biggest Czech media outlets. We didn't get a review code. Normally, it's not a problem, but this time, only two mediums got it. 15 years of track record, still not enough. Hang on a minute. Let's go to your channel here. Let's take a peek. Uh, 258,000 subscribers. That's a very good-sized channel. And Starfield. Looks like you just recently covered some Starfield stuff. You guys cover all sorts of stuff on your channel, right? Videos ranging from the 25,000s upwards to the 50,000s. So, healthy channel. Healthy channel. 
the you're, you, I, I, again, nobody's entitled to a code, but they're they're selecting where these codes are going. They didn't go buckshot. They didn't go buckshot. My opinion is send it everywhere. Uh, other than Survivor, which they were asking for it. Other than Survivor, did they limit who got God of War Ragnarok? Did you see, Lono, the last video you posted? Someone already took a clip and took you out of context about the planet tile thing. Homie, I don't care. Liars are going to lie, bro. It's in their nature. You know what I'm saying? They're animals that eat feces, right? It's in their nature. I don't I don't care about those people, bro. <laughs> That's the world we live in. It's the world we live in. Everything you say, everything you tweet will get ripped out of context. I don't, it doesn't matter to me, brother. Uh, Solemn says they want to control the marketing and word of mouth about this game to be as positive as possible. Uh, they have a lot of expectations to meet and a lot riding on this game. It's not another game release, says Solemn. <clears throat> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm actually totally okay with that. Right? What is that? A, let me let me ask you guys a question. Is that a problem? It could be, in, hang on, it could be an indication of a problem, like maybe the game's not so great. It could be an indication of a problem. But is it a problem for them to say, we're going to control where these codes go because we got a lot riding on this game. We want the press, we want the review scores to be positive. Think about it like this. Early access hits on the first. And all those reviews and everything over the weekend is just a bunch of thumbs up. Is there anything wrong with a business saying, let's have some control over who gets these codes? I'll check out the song, Zachary. I can't check it out right now, obviously, because it'll get copyright claim. Heatwave says that fool Paris does not deserve a Spider-Man PS5. Why send him that? He's an Xbox channel. Wake up Insomniac. Wouldn't you say that Insomniac not playing favorites and sending that to Paris, which I, I don't think he's a fool. I think he's a dude that covers video games in a way that I'm not always going to agree with. Like if you want people to always agree with man, this is the wrong place. It's the internet. You're going to find anybody you find you're going to disagree with on something eventually, right? You'll be you'll be bosom buddies, and then they'll be like, "I just really don't like turn-based games." And you're gonna be like, "What?" Like you're always gonna find somebody somewhere you're not gonna agree with them, right? Don't don't you think Paris getting a PlayStation Five Spider-Man edition? Don't you think that that is a good thing? Insomniac's like, here's a guy with a platform. Sure, he's on an Xbox podcast. Who the frick cares? Who cares? Do you honestly think... Let's just imagine a reality where Paris gets it and he's like, this sucks, I hate Spider-Man, it's a terrible game, 4 out of 10. Paris is never going to say that. But let's just imagine that he does. Does that do anything to Spider-Man? Does that affect the game? Do you honestly think in the grand scheme of things that Insomniac is going to be sending that game or that promotional materials for that game to people that are that are on like Xbox podcasts? Do you honestly think they're going to do that and be like, oh no, he might hurt the score? No, they know their game is going to do well and score well. They don't give a frick. They don't. They don't care. 
Like, did, did did God of War Ragnarok, did they restrict it? Were they like, oh no, God of War Ragnarok, we gotta like control who gets a code. No, like everybody got to play that game. The review outlets dropped their code, their, their embargoes, their reviews, six days before the game came out. I think it's a good look for Insomniac. Insomniac literally retweeted Paris. And I was like, that's a good look. Do it. Send send a review code of Spider-Man 2 to Xbox era. Do it. Do it. Who cares? What are you what are you worried about? Do, are you worried? Do you feel like you have to protect Spider-Man? I don't feel like I have to protect Spider-Man 2. I'm just looking forward to it. I don't I don't care if somebody if somebody reviews that game and is like, "Well, you know, I I lean Xbox, so I better make sure and give this a 7 and a half instead of an 8 and a half." Like, who cares? Is that indicative of the game's quality? Let me ask you something. Aaron with a $5 super chat tip. Thank you so much. Hang on. I got some people to thank here. Um Zero Steel hit a three-month membership and said, if I remember, Survivor did not get a code for Ragnarok after Bias trashing Horizon Forbidden West. As a matter of fact, the history of their scores, yeah, they kind of earned it. If you're going to just intentionally bash games over and over again, it, it was it was a pattern. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, hey, you're on an Xbox podcast. We're not going to give you a code. It was, you've consistently trashed games from our platform. You can frick all the way off, okay? You're not, you're not trustworthy, right? Their integrity and lack of trustworthiness is why they didn't get a code. There's a big difference between saying you write for, you appear on an Xbox outlet. We're not giving you a code. That that's that's not something that I support. Just let everybody have the dadgum thing so we can get a picture of the game before it comes out. There's no reason to limit it, especially if it's credentialed press outlets. We're not talking about some guy with a YouTube channel. We're talking about Eurogamer here. YJT99 with a $5 super chat tip says, we wanted Starfield to be like No Man's Sky plus RPG, not Fallout 4 with a space backdrop. The latter is not generational to me. Listen, everybody has a right to be disappointed in what we've learned so far because I, I think it was a little, it was a little disillusioning. But you also have a right to not care and play the game and have fun. It doesn't matter to me. Like, if you don't care about what we learned this week, man, have a ball. You know, I think there's still plenty to enjoy in this game. I think the technology's impressive. I think the art style's cool. I think the replayability is good. I think the potential for long hours being dumped into this game is quite good. I think the thing I'm most interested in is, like, how is the Bethesda fan base going to respond to the fact that they actually can't chart and map entire planets? Like, they can't do that. I'm curious about that. Uh, Cyber M with five months. It's not good because I couldn't get one. Thank you, Cyber M. Aaron Grotbo with a $5 Super Chat tip. And Hitman gives a membership and takes us to 27. Like, my personal opinion on this is that if you are a credentialed press outlet, just give them a code. What are you worried about? What difference does it make? Like, who cares? Like I said in my show open, if li- listen to me, listen to me. The people that are out there right now heavily defending this game, they're calling me names, they're calling you names, they're calling their mama names, right? <laughs> Her mom is like, isn't that the game with the tiles? Mom! 
They're calling everybody names, right? They're convinced that Starfield's a 9 out of 10. Okay. Let's say that it is. Is is it is it under threat at all if you give a code to Eurogamer? Is it under threat at all if you give a code to Skill Up? Is it? Like if you give codes to every credentialed press outlet, if you give codes to like notable sizable YouTubers, then if it's truly a 9 out of 10, then what are you worried about? Right? I feel like you're telling me your girlfriend's a 9 out of 10, but she won't let me meet her. That's what it feels like to me, right? <laughs> She's a model, bro. Yeah. Yeah. 9 out of 10. She's on a plane right now to Germany. I can't wait to meet her. No, no, I just... You don't need to meet her. You don't need to see her. Maybe maybe, maybe you can meet her in a club, right? There's that club down there on 5th Street. You mean the one where all the lights are out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can meet her there. Like, that's what I feel like some of y'all are acting. It's like, game's 9 out of 10. But then you're like, I'm glad these other outlets didn't get a code. What are you worried about, bro? If it's a 9 out of 10, let us see it. <laughs> if it's a 9 out of 10, then, you know, let Eurogamer play it. What you worried about? What's the, where's, what's the problem? <laughs> That's what I couldn't believe in this scenario. It's like, people are like, this game's a 9 out of 10. And they're like, I'm glad they didn't get a code. What are you afraid of? What's going to happen? <laughs> like, I'm pretty confident that Spider-Man 2 is going to score well. All right? It's Insomniac. I'm not worried who gets a code. I'm not. It feels like you're protecting some Fabergé egg. You know? You're like, it's 9 out of 10. It's 9 out of 10. Gentle. Gently down. Oh, no. Eurogamer got a code. It's like, come on. It's just a video game, bro. Like, just let people play it. Just let people see it. (laughs) A $2 tip from Turbo. Any intel on what the massive 15 gig update changed? Um, you'll probably have to wait. I don't know if review outlets will have patch notes. Sometimes they do. So you'll see somebody review the game and they'll say, I encountered these issues, but then the day one patch addressed four of the seven issues. I don't, I don't necessarily know. That would, that would be a, a, a question of whether or not Bethesda sent day one patch notes to the review outlets. They often will because they anticipate like, well, the review outlets might talk about that one glitch in that one room. We've addressed that glitch in that room. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm not sure. We'll have to wait for the embargo to drop, you know, to see. That's a pretty big patch to see if, you know, day one patch. Now, according to... One of the guys who got a code, he literally said one of the things that was bothering him in his review was addressed in the day one patch. So it's like, you know, either he picked up on it and saw, oh, they fixed that, or maybe they're actually getting patch notes. I'm not I don't know. Oh, patch notes are out? They actually released patch notes for the day one patch? I didn't see that. If they did, then that's very helpful, because then you can actually reference that in a review you can say oh review outlet you know dave over here he said he kept having this glitch when he landed they patched that they fixed that do you understand 
The patch notes got leaked on Reddit. Okay, okay, well, there you go. Hang on a second. Gale Windforce with 14 months in a VIP. Isn't this more of a wider issue than Starfield, though? I can say the same thing about news outlets not getting a preview of the latest Marvel movie. <clears throat> I mean, uh, th- there is no way to avoid bias. I don't think there's a way to avoid it. It's a matter of how much does the bias override the delivery of information. Right? If, like, let's say, I'm, I'm pretty honest about my feelings about the Xbox Series S, okay? If I bought a Series S and tested games on it, you would know I'm probably going to be harsher than others. I'm going to be more critical, Okay? The question would be, do I deliver the information accurately and then you sort of get a sense of my bias or do I deliver the information in light of my bias? Do you see the difference? There's a big difference between me saying, I tested this game on the Series S and it ran at 920 internal and it didn't maintain 30 FPS. That's just me stating facts. And I'm like, And maybe I then say, this is exactly what I've been talking about, blah, 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 blah. But I just delivered the information. Now, if I deliver the information and I slant it, and I'm like, this game falls below 920, it barely even stays at 920, 30 FPS almost never happens. And you're like, but that's not true. That's me taking my bias and twisting the facts. There's There's such a key difference between... I have a bias, I'm going to deliver the facts and then tell you what I think, instead of delivering the facts through the filtering lens of what I think. If you can't tell the difference between that, you're going to follow liars and smear merchants and think they're telling you the truth. Like, there is such a difference. And if you can't pick up on the difference, you're not going to see why, like, I've never gone out of my way to be like, I hate Xbox. It's like, no, I'm critical of them because I really put a lot of stock and trust in their 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 box this generation. But I'm not getting those things. I just I'll speak factually about everything going on with their system and I get called a hater. It's like I'm just telling you what's going on. Yo, Behemoth, I'm sorry about this. I didn't shout this out. Thirty-two members on the day because another five gifted members comes in from Behemoth. What in Dreamcast guy get a code? I mean, I would not imagine sitting through the Starfield Direct and kind of mocking it and saying, I can't wait to go to all those empty planets. I, I'll be honest. I, I didn't expect to get a code. And I've not even been that critical of Starfield. <laughs> I've probably been more critical of Xbox than, than Starfield. But Xbox owns a game. Well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, I didn't expect to get one. Do you think I expect to get a code for uh, Jedi Survivor's sequel? Do you think I'm going to get a code for that? You think so? I tweeted that I hope they don't get any video game nominations because of how they launched the game. What do you think the odds are that I get a code for, for the next Jedi game? What do you think it is? You think Square Enix is going to give me a code for the next Final Fantasy? As I, as I call them out about their interviews and marketing of Final Fantasy 16 and talk about how the performance mode is terrible, like it, it doesn't run well unless I'm in combat and that's incredibly frustrating. You think Square Enix is going to give me a code for their next game? 
Like, do you see what I'm saying? It's it's marketing 101. It, it's it's marketing 101. If if you're going to sit here and be critical to the degree that some of us get critical, yeah, you're probably not going to get a code. You know? If I go to Respawn and I say, hey, I love Star Wars. Could I get a code for your next Jedi game? They're going to be like, are you kidding me? You called us out for six months about not patching the last game. And I'd be like, yeah, you still haven't patched it, mother... (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Like, that's just the nature of the business. And do you want to know the beautiful thing about it? I don't really do game reviews. I don't. I sit here, I've got... How many people we got hanging out right now? I I, I don't... (laughs) I don't need game reviews. I don't care. And that's the thing. The beautiful thing about this week is if I would have had a code, I wouldn't have been able to cover any of those leaks out of risk breaking NDA. I would not have been able to bring that information to you. If anything, depending on the game, we're always going to weigh that. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll brainstorm with Creature. I'll brainstorm with my producer. I'll be like, do we want a code? Because ah, that's going to affect what we can do in the lead up to the game. I won't be able to cover leaks. I won't be able to cover anything that comes out. I'll have to not cover those things. And then and then hope that my review pulls, you know, picks up the slack. I'm not known for reviews. Go look at my Atlas Fallen review. It it didn't it didn't do particularly well. Why? I'm not that's that's not what I'm known for. So, from where I sit, if you're known for reviews and you've been critical and you don't get a code because you've been critical, I wouldn't take that personal. I would just understand that that's part of the business. You know, if 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 SkillUp is very confident in knowing, yeah, I didn't get a code because, you know, I'm an Australian. No, if he's like, I didn't get a code because I was really critical of, you know, a, a past Bethesda title or whatever... I highly doubt he takes that personal. Like, it makes perfectly good logical sense. It's like, they're trying to market their game, and they're going to maximize how good the game looks. A perfect example would be, look at the Starfield Showcase, and look at the Starfield Direct. What did they do with the footage? What did they do with the information? They made the game look good. That's literally what they're supposed to do. You think they're going to walk out and be like, yeah, you know, there's some rough spots. <laughs> there's some barriers. There's some invisible boundaries. Yeah, they're not going to do that. They're going to try to make the game look good. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. People keep getting upset that Colt Eastwood got a code. Who cares? What what's, what difference does it make? They're trying to make the game look good. It's marketing. You can't take it personal. You You cannot take that personal. Of course, of course he got a code. Like, let's say there's a YouTuber out there who's really positive about PlayStation and they have Spider-Man tattoos and they get a code for Spider-Man 2. Are you going to be upset about that? Are you? Are you going to be like, oh, we're not going to get an accurate review from this guy because he loves PlayStation so much and he loves Spider-Man so much. Hmm? It's dishonest marketing. Let me help you out. It's marketing. (laughs) 
It's marketing, dude. Like, it. I'm not saying that all marketing is lying. I think that's a hand wave. I do think there are times where marketing is not representative of the product, okay? We've all experienced this. We experienced this with Watch Dogs, Cyberpunk, Anthem, Redfall. We've all experienced marketing that goes way beyond positive framing, and it's just dishonest, okay? We've all been there. But that doesn't mean that all marketing is just blatantly dishonest. Do you understand? I think there's a difference between false advertising and ensuring a positive framework. Don't you see the difference? Like, if I tell you a product can do X and then you get it, and it barely does it, it doesn't really do X, you could say, well, that was false advertising. Now, if I tell you this product is really good at doing X, and a bunch of reviewers are like, that's great, yeah, man, and then it's like, uh, it's me, it's okay, it's not, it's not a 5 out of 10, it's more like a 3 out of 10, it's not broken. Well, I set it up to be positive framing. I didn't mislead you. I didn't tell you, oh, it can do something that it can't. Do you understand? Like, I I don't think we... This is why you have to have nuance. You have to be able to look at a situation and say, are we dealing with blatant deception? Or are we dealing with, we want the most positive reviews to hit first? Do you understand? If you feel there's deception in the marketing, then hold off on the game. There's pros and cons to this catered marketing. Some dollars they get and some they don't. It's strange they're all UK-based. I will readily admit the fact that they're UK-based is 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 weird. I don't I don't get it at all. Even even if you look at how they interacted with Eurogamer, it gets even more strange. They gave Eurogamer very specific instructions because Digital Foundry is basically a branch of them. It's like, well, no, if we're going to give a code to Digital Foundry, nobody else at Eurogamer can have it. It's like, what? Like, why? We have an entire staff that's going to try to build guides for your game. We, we, have, we have somebody that, that's going to do reviews. Right, so I'll readily admit the situation with like a lot of UK outlets getting blocked, it's really strange, especially because it seems targeted at Readpop, and Readpop literally has a 2.6 million Xbox channel. What's it called? Beyond Xbox or something like that? Like they have a big Xbox channel, so like it doesn't make any sense. It's like they're probably going to give a pretty positive score to Starfield. You got an Xbox channel. Well, that that particular channel might. Eugene says, Colt Eastwood's review isn't showing up on Meta or OpenCritic. It's not going to impact any honest consensus of the game. His review is only reaching fans that would have already bought the game anyway. That's exactly what I was trying to drive at earlier. It's like, what are you afraid of? Now, obviously, there are channels, right? There are channels, 1.3k viewers with 1.299 being members. You think that's suspicious? That there are generous people here gifting members? 
Maybe you hang out in other places on YouTube where they don't support the people that they watch with memberships, gifted members, and support. But we live in a different universe over here. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, all you generous people, make sure and apologize to Kiki. How dare you be generous? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but obviously there are channels that hold up the game and go garbage, right? <laughs> Don't you're not going to give a code. Listen. It's a character and I think there's room for characters in the world, but you're not going to give a code to Michael Does Life. You're not going to. Right? You're just not going to. Thanks, shill. <laughs> I'm a shill. Oh, that's that's amazing. You see what I'm saying? There are definitely YouTubers that are going to hold up the game and they're going to go, garbage. And they're going to get tons of clicks and everyone's going to come yell at them and everyone's going to come tell them they're a hater. And you know what they're going? They're going, <laughs> thanks for all the money. They're, li- they're, they're literally trolling you. Like There are people like that on YouTube. I, I, I totally support not giving those people codes. They're, it's bad faith. It's, it's parody. It's satirical. It's not real, right? It's, you know, it, it's, it, it wouldn't be worth giving a code to somebody that's just going to, like, hold the disc up and point at it and call it garbage, okay? However, I do think there's value in just giving the codes to everybody who has like a notable channel that reviews games whether it's skill up or acg or i know spawn wave we heard spawn wave didn't get a code that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but i i that's what i would do if i was in charge now i'm not i'm not in charge when it comes to credentialed outlets like you know Eurogamer, i would do the same thing give everybody a code like what what difference does it make at that point I'm being called a troll because I'm a member and have a difference of opinion. Calling me a shill is not an opinion, it's an insult. You understand that, right? Like, I could have the opinion that you're wrong or you're inaccurate about something, but if I'm just like, yeah, well, you're an idiot. That's not an opinion, I'm just insulting you. Do you see see, see the difference? There's There's a big difference between the two. The idea that you can come in and call someone a shill or like, call out their view count versus member count in the chat as like it's suspicious or something like what what do you think there's no consequences for your actions like I don't understand Brett Williams with a $5 super chat tip Xbox barely has a presence in the UK why risk bad reviews in a market that doesn't play on your box anyway okay I Brett I, I could actually be compelled to think hang on I don't think I have my um yeah, I don't have my timer on. You guys can't see my really cool Stark shirt. There we go. I could be compelled that it was purely a... It was like a strategic, you, you know, geographical or geocentric strategy. We're firmly rooted in the West. We're firmly rooted in America. You know, why risk giving those guys codes? You know, they might not score it all that well. And then their code is going to hit Metacritic and, you know, a lot of people over there, you know, aren't even going to play the game or whatever. Um, Like I said, similar to this chat, isn't it members, the majority and subscriber only talk about a captive audience. 
I mean, subscribing is free, and I have it set to you can subscribe and instantaneously talk. We have to do that because there's spam bots all over the platform. And I have 1,300 people hanging out. That's a form of control. You do know, like, controlling the chat is conducive to conversation, right? Like, if we just open the floodgates and let spam bots come in and haters come in, you can't really have a conversation. Like, we're just trying to control it just enough so that it's conducive to the conversation. We also know that there are plenty of people on the internet with viewership in this range that run members only. Like, you have to spend money to talk, and we don't do that here. So, I mean generally speaking trying to control who is able to talk and who isn't is 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 a great way to have a conducive conversation like all you got to do is press subscribe and you can talk in my chat and the bar is so low all you have to do is not insult us and you can hang out you can always unsub when you're done with your soapbox yeah like you can just come in sub and and you know you want to you want, if you want your 5 seconds of fame to be insulting me and then you just get banned go ahead or you could just come in and have a conversation like an adult and just, you know, what do you think? Do you have a theory about why Eurogamer didn't get a code and all of a sudden they did pay to chat, I see? No, you don't have to pay to chat. There are channels that do that. I'm not doing that. You haven't paid a dime and you're able to chat right now. You're getting interaction from me as someone who's never spent any money on the channel. You seem to be having a hard time grasping basic concepts, right? I don't have any, like wooden blocks or color by number or you know chalkboards to teach you the you know the basics of interacting on the internet you seem to be struggling there's plenty of people here that never spend any money they hang out and they get responses from me will reviews matter as much for this game when it's ultimately free to any game pass subscriber uh, number one, I actually don't think you, it's not free, right? I mean, you're saying it's free to any Game Pass subscriber, but you have to consider the grand stage that Starfield is standing on. Starfield is representing the Xbox brand. Starfield's also launching on Steam. Starfield is also potentially a catalyst for people getting into Game Pass that might not be there right now. Does that make sense? So you can't say, well, who really cares about reviews? It's on Game Pass. I I don't think that's Microsoft or Bethesda's attitude at all. I I think they want this game to be a roaring success. They want it to have very good reviews. That reflects well on Bethesda. It reflects well on Xbox. It reflects well on Game Pass. And the Game Pass subscribers in the grand scheme of things in the gaming market, they're they're not they don't make up a large portion of the market. There's like what 20 million of them? That there, there's 40 million people who have a PS5 that might be thinking, hmm. I don't know, man. That Starfield's looking pretty good, right? I didn't pay to chat, but I got accused of being a troll. Listen, if the shoe fits, wear it. You were being trollish. If you're not trolling, then change the subject. It's not difficult. Just type something else. I told you last month about how planets work in Starfield and everybody said I was lying. Look at how those goalposts are dancing now. What do you mean what goalpost? How they're dancing? AGM, if somebody comes in 
a month before the game comes out and says, this is exactly how the planets work, and we didn't believe you, do you have any self-awareness at all? Have you ever been on the internet? Do you know how many people come in and make false claims about games? What, what do you mean? There's no goalpost shifting. We didn't believe you because there was no way to corroborate your claim. There was no way to know whether you could have just been some hater spreading lies. This is the internet. You do know that, right? Like, that's what people do. They come in and make false claims all the time. Like, it was remarkable when this tile situation emerged. First, it was, that's not how it works. You're lying. Then it was, oh, that is how it works. It's been corroborated by people with the game. And then suddenly it was, it doesn't matter who's going to walk across an entire uh, planet anyway and it's like huh so yes of course if you came in a month ago and you tried to tell us this is how the planets work and we didn't believe you nobody's shifting goalposts homie there was no way to know if you were telling the truth people come in all the time and make crap up I didn't believe this until I saw concrete footage I, I was like, no, there's no way that's how it works. No, 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 no. I, I was in disbelief. I was like, uh-uh. I was in denial. And then I went and looked at the videos. And I went and read another guy's description of it. And I was like, they're corroborating their findings. Like, I, this is how it works. So I, you don't get credit for being like, well, a month ago, I said this was how it worked. Like, I, there was no way to fact check you. There was no way to know if you were telling the truth. Like, I've been doing this long enough to know, man, people will literally come into the chat and just say nonsense. Let's make stuff up to get a reaction. <laughs> like, I know Twitter doesn't care about evidence, right? <laughs> that man made me uncomfortable, right? Like, that's all you need to say, right? I know Twitter doesn't care about evidence, but I care about evidence, you know? I kind of miss the importance of evidence. <laughs> I appreciate your perspective. It's annoying to see people on here just saying stuff to attack you. I mean, they're acting out of their own frustrations in life. Like, I, I don't I don't attack strangers on the internet because I, I don't need to. Like, I don't know where that compulsion comes from, but it's not a healthy place. It, I've been I've been doing this long enough to know that most people attacking me are are, are having their own issues. I was engaging in the conversation and someone called me a troll for no reason. You have a really hard time getting over things, don't you? Like, you still remember that conversation from third grade where you wish you would have asked for your crayon back? Like, you have a really hard time letting go of things. We've moved on, man. Someone called you a troll? Are you going to be okay? You going to need therapy? Somebody called you a troll? Like, move on. Talk about something else. We've all moved on. No one cares. No one cares. I know I'm confused about what evidence needs to be shown. Everything that's been shown is explained for a year. When did they show evidence about the tile situation, Hunter? When? What? I, people keep saying, oh, he talked about this in the Lex Friedman interview. What What did he say? He said, we're going to randomly generate a tile, and then when you go to the next one, it's not really connected to it in any in any way at all, and if you create too many tiles on one planet, then the first one disappears? He, he said this. This was stated somewhere? Where? The only thing that I feel was evident in the Lex Friedman interview was the game was going to be 30 FPS, and I tried to warn folks in April. I said, ah, he basically says 30. 
Yo, what's good, Nick Shot? How are you? <clears throat> he did. What did he say? What What was the quote? <laughs> Not tiles, but it was obvious that no planets existed in the game. This happened with the game recently. What was it? It was Gotham Knights. We're, we're doing retroactive interpretation, right? We're doing retroactive interpretation. The same thing happened with Gotham Knights. When it became known that Gotham Knights wasn't going to be 60 FPS, there would be no 60 FPS mode, what did people do? They ran to a third-party video where the guy said, we were playing in the 30 FPS mode. And they're like, see, they told us it was going to be 30 FPS. And it was like, no, that guy was talking about the mode he was playing. There's always a 30 FPS mode in games right now. There's quality and then there's performance. Yo, Twisted Sin, thank you so much for gifting some members and taking us to 37 members on the day. If you guys just got gifted a member from Twisted Sin, say thank you. Consider paying it for with your own gifted membership to somebody else. So what people did was... New information came to light and they tried to retroactively go back and like reinterpret some offshoot comment in some offshoot video and be like, they, we knew it was going to be 30 FPS. Nobody knew Gotham Knights was going to be 30 FPS. You are coping if you think that. And so we learn how the tile system and the the procedural generation of Starfield's going to work and people are going all the way back to a Lex Friedman interview and they're like, no, 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 yeah, he told us yep, he told us this was how it gonna was gonna work, really? Where are all the videos about that? Really? Where are the videos? How did, how did nobody hear this and put this together? Did anybody put this together? Did anybody put it together that like if you cluster your landing zones, they won't interact with each other? Their boundaries don't actually touch? Did anybody put it together that if you put like a landing zone next to a city, you won't actually even see the city or be able to walk to the city? Where are the videos that piece this together if Todd Howard made this so clear in the Lex Friedman interview? Where are the videos? Where are the articles? Everything you need to know about Starfield. There's not a single article, there's not a single video about this prior to the leaks because nobody knew how it worked. Todd mentioned tiles, but was talking about how those tiles wrap the entire planet, which is not true. Yeah, they don't wrap the entire planet. You can't map the entire planet. It's not possible. The Lex podcast is podcast is straight up cope. Todd lied by omission about seamless travel leading on the listener. There's a, there's an interview out there, but nobody cared. Plenty of people watched that Lex Friedman interview. Nobody walked away and concluded what we found out this week. That is literally not true. That's made up. That is 100% made up. You're retroactively going back and interpreting what he said. People arguing about how planets are fully explorable to then saying they don't care and they expected invisible walls as a goalpost shift. Now that I agree with AGM. That I agree with. I think you're being a little bit unreasonable being like, hey, I called this a month ago and nobody believed me. It's like there was no way for us to believe you, homie. Homie, you could come in right now. 
And you could tell me Insomniac's been lying. There is co-op in Spider-Man 2. And let's just say it happens. It's not going to happen. I'm making up a totally hypothetical fantasy. It's not going to happen. But let's say it happens. You can't come back and be like, I told y'all. It's like, how are we supposed to believe you? We don't We don't have any evidence. Do you understand where my pushback came from? It was like, okay, homie, you were right. But there was no way for us to know you were right. Yo, Cristiano Souza with a membership all on their own. I love to see people becoming members without needing a gifted. If you want to become a member of this channel, click join. It's five bucks. We end every day with a debrief. I do a Friday night stream with my wife, and we have a members-only Discord. We give you a ton of content for five bucks a month. Did Pete Hines lie when he responded to the tweet regarding walking around the whole planet? I Listen, we discussed this yesterday at length, so I don't want to like literally do a repeat of yesterday, okay? I just don't think that that's helpful. We've established how it works. There are people that are like, I don't care. And then there are people that are like, I think this is pretty immersion-breaking. We're never, ever going to have agreement about this. We aren't. I explained it to my... My brother is in town, so he came last night and he watched my kiddos practice soccer because I'm coaching, so I'm head coach. I'm coaching... You know, my girls are out there crushing it, killing it. And then he and I go and get dinner. And he asked how work was going. And I said, you know, it's great. Like, the channel's doing great, but the coverage is really annoying. I said, because everything's so polarized, the minute I'm slightly critical of something, I get attacked. I said, and I had to be slightly critical of this big game, Starfield. He's like, oh, that's that space game. I said, yes. He said, isn't that the... And this is what my brother said. He said, isn't that the game that's supposed to be, like, crazy, open world, and huge? My brother's not... He's a gamer, but he's not tied into the gaming world. He's way too busy. His three boys, they game, but they also are in sports, and my brother's traveling for work, and that's what he said. He was like, isn't that that massive open world game? You can, like, go anywhere. That was his impression. As somebody who's not in the gaming world, that was his impression of Starfield. And there were two tables. We had these two bright green tables. And I explained to him very quickly how the tile system worked. And he was like, oh. And I told him, I said, now the tiles are enormous. They're basically the size of like Skyrim or Fallout. I was like, so the average person's not going to get to the edge. And he agreed. He was like, well, yeah. He was like, I probably wouldn't. He's like, I probably would never, would never even know that's going on. Do you see like... There's going to be so many people that never get to the boundary. <laughs> they're, they're, they're never going to get to the boundary. And my brother would be one of those people. He'd be like, this is awesome. I'm on a planet. And I can see planets out there. And I'm shooting, you know, dinosaurs. And he was like, yeah, I would probably never notice. And I said, yeah. I said, but just having to report those facts turns into a fight. Because there are people that are disappointed about it. Uh, hang on, uh, chapter 8 with 7 months in a VIP. Pete Hines was asked last week how long to explore a whole planet, and he said it's different for everyone, so you'll have to explore the whole planet yourself and let us know. So he thinks that you can. Oh. I, in the best light possible, this is what I think. This is what I think. You guys keep telling me to check out the Imagine Dragon Starfield music video. I can't do that because I'm streaming. I'll check it out later. But yes, people in chat, if you're a fan of music and Imagine Dragons, um, people accuse them of sounding too similar. I actually like their music, but 
Uh, Zubair with 30 months and a VIP gold. So you're saying your brother doesn't know anything about video games either? Shill. <laughs> or shell. Um, if I try to believe the best about Pete Hines, in my mind, he's like, yeah, you can explore the whole planet. Do you want to know why he probably thinks that? And maybe even believes it. The regions where you can land have names. Right? So, (laughs) at one level, you can explore the whole planet. You can literally write down all the region names and you can go to every region. You can. Depending on where your little cursor drops, there's a region name. Yeah, it's not it's it's not a whole planet because they're not connected. But let's say you scan the surface of a planet exhaustively and you are meticulous and you write down every single region name. You've got X you got such and such forest, such and such fields, such and such, you know, whatever. Because in the one, as he moved his cursor, there were different names that popping up. So let's say you take the time and you sort of, you sit rep and scope out every square inch of that. And you, so you get all the region names and you write them all down and then you check them off as you go. You explored the whole planet. You did. So it's not a lie. You can. You can. They didn't lie. It's, as the one guy on Reddit said, eh, it's a creative lie. It's like, it's not really, it's not really an actual surface. It's not a spherical surface that you're exploring. It's a set of rules that spits out a place for you to check out and then you leave. And after you've done so many that you know that the original tiles are gone the initial tiles disappear and if you go back to those locations they'll look different because it's just going to randomly generate a new area um yeah now we I, again I don't want to retread that I would rather kind of bring things back to the discussion of reviews all right, because I, I, you know, I actually have some, some questions for you guys about this. Do you think that there should just be a standard in the industry that uh, credentialed, credentialed outlets should be able to sort of like apply and get some type of a, I don't know what you would call it, but some type of a credential that says, hey. We're, we're a part of whatever gaming outlet credential thing that we've established and we get they just get codes when games come out like we as consumers I think would benefit from being able to say hey all these outlets out here they're always going to get codes every time there's no question because I personally am getting tired of this it's like so every time a game comes out, there's this weird, like, floomp. We, like, pull the slot machine, and we're like, got a code, didn't get a code, got a code. And it's like, 
if early access to games for review codes are purely an arm of marketing that's what who cares about that like associated gaming press right like formulate something like an associated gaming press where you get credentialed and it's like this outlet's getting a code now again you would have to have publishers and developers sort of play ball because you can't force them you can't you 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 can't force uh you know a publisher or developer but no you you have to give these people codes you can't do it what constitutes credentialed well i mean you'd obviously have to go through some type of a process of saying here's how long we've been in business here's our staff size you know, here's here's the people that write for us have actually gone to school. Like you're give you're you're basically checking their credentials. You're saying, okay, this is a credentialed outlet. It's not three guys in a basement who like talking video games. Like it's an actual legitimate organization with salaries and employees, and you've got somebody that's going to do sports games, and here's their resume of sports games, and here's their credentials as a writer and a journalist or whatever. You're basically giving them you're basically giving them a check mark to a certain degree, not like the check mark on Twitter for crying out loud. I don't think there's a way to get to this, by the way. I don't think there is. I would just really like it. I would just really like to not have this nonsense every time a game comes out where like it's a dice roll. I really like reading reviews from Eurogamer and watching reviews from ACG, Fextra Life, and Skill Up, but it's a dice roll. They may not get a code. Swade says, holding the press to standards? What a novel idea. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, I know, I'm being idealistic. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I saw I saw a guy. <clears throat> excuse me. I saw a guy pushing for this recently. Uh, it was Mulehorn. If you guys aren't familiar with Mulehorn, Mulehorn Gaming. Uh, I don't think he does much in the way of podcasting and stuff. He used to. Um, actually, no, he still might. I was on his podcast in a, a lifetime ago, and he was one of the few people to to come back around. Might have even publicly stood up for me in the wake of everything that happened. And came back around and was like, this guy got a raw deal, right? Somebody who took the time to actually research, look at facts and evidence, and not just look at, you know, twitlongers. And he recently, I think it was a couple of months ago, he put, like, out a a video, like a short video on on the tickety. And he basically said, we need some type of an organization... To, to come together and review games in a way that just is more honest and authentic. And I'm like, I don't know if we need that, but I do think credentialed press outlets, like trustworthy, reliable press outlets, man, they should be first in line every time. Like, what are we doing here? I'm not even taking up for YouTubers. Detective C says, I do think credentialed press should come first for codes, but at the same token, let's be honest, most of the gaming press are just content creators who farm ads, so I'm torn there. Yeah, I, I was I was getting ready to go there, Detective Seeds, because it is difficult to differentiate between an outlet like 
Eurogamer and you know some of the nonsense we've seen from IGN and Forbes right we've seen articles and headlines and we've seen practices and we've seen lack of integrity and honesty We've, we've seen a lack of that because it's like you're farming clicks right but at the same time isn't a credentialed press outlet also in that scenario of we need people to click we need to make money to keep the doors open and the electricity on so this obviously gets into territories of like your philosophy of information like how information is handled because information is power so if you get a press release first from the developer and then you have your article ready to go and they announce their new DLC and you hit publish and it's all ready to go that's money they basically paid you in information right and my philosophy has been information in this technological age is as good as money and those relationships should be you should know that you should know that so and so who writes for Forbes gets every press every press briefing every press thing ever about destiny you should know that you should know that he has that working relationship that's called transparency that's called integrity if someone gets early access to a game if someone gets a game for free they have to tell you that but there's like this weird gray area where like press outlets get information and they don't have to divulge that to you. They can just rake in the ad revenue when their article hits at moment one. Right? <clears throat> so, in, so in my mind, if, if we start establishing like a philosophy of information, that's when I think you get into territories of like, well, all, all credentialed press outlets should be getting access to these games because the information doesn't need to be like sequestered or kept but then again you're always going to buck up against the business interest of these companies the the business interest of the company is we want this game to look good it needs to generate profit right Someone says, here's IGN not really covering the issue in a thorough manner. They're just being dismissive of why people are upset. Starfield's boundary reach drama explained. Oh yeah, plenty of people are just being dismissive about it, acting like it's no big deal. For sure. For sure. Okay, let's, I want to go here. I want to go here, because some of you are listing outlets that you think are bad, right? You guys are like, Forbes, Bloomberg, Kotaku, they're all bad. Polygon, right? I, th- I actually think Bloomberg is very worthwhile simply because of the connections that Jason Schreier has. I think we get really valuable articles out of him, right? I'm, I'm not going to talk about him. I'm talking about what we get from him, okay? <laughs> In any case, the idea that certain outlets... Are bad and and they shouldn't get codes right my personal opinion is this all gets a lot more simplistic is if you just give everybody codes they're going to get the game anyway if it's a popular game they're likely going to review it anyway so if you decide well we're not going to give a review code to the verge 
Okay, well, Verge is going to review your game anyway. Anybody that's approved on Metacritic is going to review your game. And the real question is, from a marketing standpoint, how favorable to your game do you think they're going to be if you stiff them on the code and then they have to scramble to play your game to try to get their review out really, really quickly? You see what I'm saying? Like... From a marketing standpoint, I'm thinking about this pragmatically. It's like, well, if I don't give a code to this outlet, they're going to have to scramble and rush. And are they really going to be in a good mood to give me a favorable score if I put them in that circumstance? Aren't Aren't I taking a better risk? By just giving them the code and letting them have two weeks to play the game and, 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 give, an, and give an honest review? Right? Again, I'm thinking... It's not as simple as, well, if we give a Spider-Man 2 code to that guy over there, he's going to score us low. He's going to get the game and play it anyway. He's going to review the game anyway. You think he's going to be in a good mood having to rush? The embargo drops, he can play the game, and now he's going to like rush and like 72 hours later try to push out some slap-together review? And then that pulls your score down? Again, I'm just thinking pragmatically, you're probably, if your game is good, you're probably in a better scenario to just distribute codes to credentialed gaming press and just let them write what they're going to write. What if you're worried about leaks? I think that's a valid concern. I do. I think leaks are becoming more and more prominent because there are people who just don't care, right? They'll, they'll just totally break NDA. I found that to be very surprising this time around, in particular, because it's such a big game. I I think that there are times where I've seen people break embargo with like smaller, lesser-known games, and they just kind of get away with it. But for a game the size and the notoriety of Starfield, I was actually quite surprised how brazen how brazen people were being. It was it was actually kind of shocking. It made me feel bad for the people that were abiding by the rules. Now, the stuff that we're getting on Reddit, as far as I can tell, those are not people that signed NDA. Those are people who got their hands on the game early. There's a, there's a huge difference. The guys on Reddit, I do not think those are guys that were sent review codes. I don't think so. I think they literally got their hands on the game early. And they're they're just... They're letting people know how the game is. Funny enough, the guys on Reddit providing the leaks, they are they're super into the game. They're having a great time. So, we're just pulling out information and saying, "Oh, I, this isn't what I expected." You know, this we kind of see this is is kind of a bad deal. Yeah, the one guy got arrested, but he got arrested for stealing. He didn't get arrested for breaking street date or anything. He stole all those copies of the game. Skillup said his review would take a while, so their tactic worked. Well, here's the thing about Skillup, AGM. He he cares way more about doing a really good substantive review because that's that's his diligence and commitment to his audience. I was speaking more about the outlets that could potentially rush the review to hit Metacritic and to push out their article over the weekend. And those are the people that are going to pull your score down on Metacritic. I'm not talking about YouTubers. Hmm. 
This isn't dismissive at all. It's probably one of the most journalistic things I've ever read from IGN. So did they talk about how the tiles are not interconnected and they disappear? Or do they leave that out? They're also calling it drama, which I wouldn't call that journalistic. (laughs) It's not drama. Worst thief ever, right? Makes sense. Same for ACG. Yeah, I don't anticipate ACG or SkillUp rushing their reviews. I don't think so. Because their audience their audience will click on a review two weeks after a game comes out and support it and give it love because they want to hear what they have to say. They've built a brand around that. When SkillUp takes longer than Angry Joe, we know he's taking his time. Yeah, with Baldur's Gate 3, exactly. And the funny thing is, is that his review will do just fine. His review will do just fine. Like, his audience supports that. They do. And that's one of the things about those types of channels that are to their credit. It's like he's built such a strong brand that he can wait three weeks to a month and be like, all right, here you go, guys. I'm finally able to give you this review. And the video will will do just fine. It'll, it'll, It'll probably be a very highly watched video for him. And at one level, I kind of envy that trust and that support, like having people to do that. But my my brand is more in the lane of like, th- this is this is what I offer you. I offer you a place to discuss this stuff like the day after it breaks or the day after it happens. I truly don't have time to do reviews the way these guys do. I don't. I have like an hour a night I can play games. Like, I'm never going to be able to give you a review like that. Drama means an exciting emotional or unexpected event or circumstance. Hilly. Within the realm of video games and YouTube and reporting, you don't think drama as a colloquialism is like, look at all this drama? I don't know. It just doesn't... (laughs) I mean, is is that is that how we're gonna do this now too? Like all of the press outlets out there are gonna start using drama, you know? <laughs> the latest political drama. Well, they might actually, because they're all kind of jokes, but you know what I'm saying. Headlines clickbaity, but the article is sound. Hey, thanks for another gifted member, Vapor. Good to see you, Vapor. Well, I asked a simple question. Did they talk about the fact that the tiles are not connected? Did they talk about the fact that tiles disappear? What kind of reviews do you think Starfield will get? Um, I think you'll see a clear cluster of 9s and 10s from outlets that are very, very pro Xbox. I, I guarantee you you won't see anything lower than a 9 from them. I think you're going to see a lot of 8s from everybody else. And then I think you're going to see a couple of people give it a 7. I don't think you're going to see... I think you're going to see a cluster of 9s and 10s from a a very predictable group. And then you're going to see a bunch of 8s. And then you're going to see some 7s. I think this thing lands in the high 80s. And I think that is a very, very good score. 
it dropping below 90 is not a problem. I will never walk this back. I will never shift this goalpost. There are so many games in the high 80s right now that are fantastic games. Like, that's a great score. I, I don't know why people don't think that way. Yo, Stone Spire with the layup to 40, and then Abe slams it home with a 10 bomb to 50. Thank you so much, Abe. Beautiful layup, Stone Spire. IGN is under embargo, so maybe their article wasn't as dismissive as we think. We haven't played the game. It's possible that the footage was completely true at a point, uh, but now it's different. I don't think the planetary tile system is changing with a day one patch. That that seems incredibly unlikely. That seems incredibly unlikely. Watch the script burn when Xbox Air gives it a six. <laughs> well, they can't score it lower than Redfall, that's for sure. So Xbox Air has automatically got to give this thing a nine or higher, okay? <laughs> they gave Redfall an eight and a half. So, you know, Xbox Air painted themselves into a bit of a corner. <laughs> like, think about that for a second. They gave Redfall an eight and a half, which means any Xbox game that ever comes out, Xbox Air has to give it a nine or higher. <laughs> Because if not, it's either equal to or less than Redfall. <laughs> Just think about that for a second. <laughs> that's, I think that's, I think that's funny. Why'd you give that game an eight and a half, man? You should have at least given it a seven. You have no headroom. There's no room left. <laughs> There's no room left. It's like, <clears throat> you gave that game an eight? Really? It's. It's worse than Redfall. <laughs> they have no headroom. <laughs> uh, I, I actually think I've, I like that. I take great joy from that. <laughs> uh, it's kind of deserved, you know? It's kind of deserved. You should not have given that game a favorable score. You just shouldn't have. Oh. You just should have been honest and gave it like a six or a seven and went on about your life. <clears throat> thank you so much reaper for a five spot bumps line to 55 oh boy that's a 20 bomb layup right there 55 out of 75 <clears throat> great to see you thriving brother thank you reaper i appreciate that yo what's good duncan glad to see you get a membership <clears throat> excuse me I was outside last night and like the weather is like really hot, not hot, rain, really hot, not hot, rain. And it's like allergies, scratchy throats everywhere. People look at bias websites. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's something else we can talk about. One of the reasons that really, really biased people are so successful is because both sides watch them. (laughs) Like, love them or hate them, okay? Love them or hate them, but people who bleed green or bleed blue, you're a Sony pony, your background's blue. I favor Sony, but this is not a Sony channel. If this was a Sony channel, my Starfield coverage would do terribly. My most successful Starfield shows are, like, the positive ones. 
except for 30 FPS and the one this week. If you ignore those two, out of the 40 to 50 shows that I've done, the more positive the Starfield show, the better it performed. I mean, that wouldn't happen on a Sony channel because Sony channels are, you know, typically just absolutely fleecing the game and bashing it, right? Yo, Duncan, with 12 months, that's a whole year. It's insane. Never stayed in a community this long, especially a member for this long. Glad to be here. Love you, Lono. Keep it up, man. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so, I think you have to remember that. Is that if you are super, you know, drenched in a color, let's say, you're green or you're blue, the reason they're successful is both sides watch them. Right? You think it you, you think it's a coincidence that a lot of the guys who hate me and love Xbox, you think it's a coincidence that when I cover Starfield or you know, the Activision deal, I get a bunch more people in and I get a bunch more clips on on Twitter about me? Well, why? Why is that? Because the people that hate you tend to be your biggest fans sometimes. And so, it's really, really funny. It's almost like magnetism. The harder someone leans in this direction, the more they actually pull everybody in their wake. Now, I do think there's a limit. I think there's a ceiling on that. I think some of these people have really, really hurt their potential for growth long term because when you're not honest with people, I think eventually people drift. They're like, I I can't get accurate information from you, right? It's fun for a season, but I do think eventually the people that lean too hard in a direction, I think I think that I think that lean snaps and you actually start to lose everybody because people are like this person is a clown, I'm done watching them. But I also think people are going to start to say I just can't trust you. I don't I think there's a time limit on that kind of content. I was like you said you dig the music in the background. I was like what's playing? Um but I think that's why you see them being successful, at least in the short term. I do. I think that they that everybody tunes in. Everybody wants to see what's going on. Movie studios do this uh, to project their marketing dollars. Focus groups help a lot. Right. Yo, Zep with 20 months says, maybe we are past the point of no return with regard to social discourse on everything. Gaming press is no exception. We all have our echo chambers. I mean... But I try to not have an echo chamber. Even yesterday, I was trying to reason with people. I was like, don't come in here and just insult me. Don't try to do that. Like, come in and have a conversation. Like, I'm trying to win people over. It's like, I don't want you to agree with me. I just want you to be civil. Like, Come here every day and disagree with me. It makes the show so much better and more entertaining. Just be civil. Like, just don't call me or anybody else in chat names and, just, you know, be nasty. Yo, Gaming Forte with five months. Good to see you, Forte. Uh, GameStop manager got nine September 1st codes for Starfield. They know getting people like me into the game early could help sells before it releases on 9.6. Yeah, the key mailer codes are also going out for the first, Forte. Same deal. I, I believe it's like a marketing push. This situation, 
I, I've tried many times this morning to say this. I'm not sure. I, I guarantee you I'll still get clipped out of context as a salty pony that didn't get a code. I've said numerous times this morning, it's not personal. People shouldn't be upset. This is purely a business decision. I've said numerous times that like whatever's going on with Eurogamer and the UK, that to me, it feels far more like a marketing push. They're focused, they're focused more on YouTubers than press outlets. And I don't have any problem with that. Just call it what it is. This is a marketing push, and I think that that's fine. Dynasty keeps making Mortal Kombat content covering stuff that everyone already knows and has no genuine content, so I know what you mean. He used to be interesting. I don't even know who you're talking about. I don't follow that game. Starfield press kit, a tile. It is, oh, it is a tile. Co-Carnage unboxes Starfield press kit. There you go. I think that's fine. YouTube is where it's at. Well, Lost Scotsman, if I'm being pragmatic with my marketing spend, I think YouTubers are going to be more effective than someone writing an article. Like, let's be honest. Who do you think is going to drive more people to buy this game? A pro Xbox YouTuber or Eurogamer? Seriously. Who? Who who do you think is going to give you more bang for your buck? It's a, it's a marketing push. That's not that's not foul play. It's not deceptive. It's not wrong. It's business. It's business. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if part of not giving codes was done in a way knowing it would do this. It All of a sudden, there was a conversation about it. And guess what we're doing? We're talking about Starfield. Guess what we're doing? We're talking about how tomorrow's the, star, the Starfield embargo drops. Right? I mean, listen, man, you, you can say, you can say what you want about Starfield, but they are trending every day. Everybody's talking about Starfield every day. Ginger Prime talked about this situation with review codes and his, it's like his most watched Starfield video out of his last 14. It's like 60,000 views. And he actually featured my tweets in the video. I was like, Hey, thanks, Ginger. Like, you know what I'm saying? This game, this game is, it's it's something, it's something. They've played the marketing expertly. They really have. I, that's literally how every game does it. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing weird going on here. I do think the UK being singled out is weird. I do think the very particular instructions given to Eurogamer with regard to Digital Foundry, I I, I will say that was weird. Is it suspect or wrong? No. Just something weird going on that don't really know why. You know. Did you just call yourself a pro Xbox YouTuber? No? Mm-mm. It's causing waves, good or bad. Take it how you want. Yeah, everybody's talking about it. Here's the thing you have to remember. That 
when something kind of goes crazy on the internet, it like goes out in waves. And the bigger the splash, the farther out those waves go. So right now, these waves of virality are making landfall on other people that are just like, oh yeah, Starfield's coming out this week, and that's all it does. They're not like, I heard there were tiles and boundaries. No, 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 no. All they're hearing is, off in the distance, Starfield. Oh yeah, Starfield comes out this week. You see? Like, it it's very effective marketing, because the bigger the splash, like, everyone's like, Starfield, you're a pony, you're an X-Bot, tiles, boundaries, look at this water splashing. Like, and the people on the outer edges, all they're doing is, is getting reminded that Starfield's coming out. <clears throat> Everybody's talking about Starfield every day because it's easy viewership. Well, let me push back on that, right? <clears throat> Part of the problem with gaming news is it tends to be vacuumous. Okay? I don't know if I use that word correctly or if it's even a word, but I'm going with it. It's vacuumous. So when uh, something happens with Call of Duty, everybody goes quiet. This week, because of Starfield, its notoriety and everything that's happening, everybody else is going quiet. No one's talking. So it's like, I either talk about Starfield, or I try to squeeze blood from a stone and talk about some other, like, fringe topic. I I have to think, I have to think strategically as a YouTuber. I can't be like, well, Starfield's red hot, but uh, there's DLC for this game. Like, you can't do that. You can't fight against the tide. You just can't. There are certain times and there are certain games that you just, you cannot ignore it. You can't. It's like, this is what everybody's talking about. And because everybody's talking about this, all other games are going quiet and not saying anything. Vacuumous? Is that a word? <laughs> uh, is vacuumous a word? No, vacuous. Having or showing a lack of intelligence. No, that's not what I was going for. I don't think vacuumous is a word. Yeah, it's not. It sounds so cool, though, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like a vacuum. It's like, it's like when there's a power vacuum. You know, I, I'm, I'm not having a, I'm not having a good time with words right now. That was just the word that came to my mind. It sort of takes over. No, it's, you can't, it's not vacuous because that's showing a lack of intelligence. That's not what I was going for. I was like, when there's a power vacuum, right? When there's a power vacuum, like all of a sudden somebody's not in power and then there's like, oh, and then it, and then that power vacuum gets filled it's like this just creates this moment of like this is the only thing people are talking about so like what are we supposed to do not talk about it the Activision Blizzard deal there were times where it was like there is nothing else to talk about during the FTC hearing it was like every day it was like well Phil Spencer has testimony Jim Ryan has testimony Bobby Kotick had testimony it's like am I going to cover this or am I going to try to find something else nobody else is talking does that make sense? It's like, what are you supposed to do? Ignore the, the hot ticket topics? 
uh, Talents with a $10 super chat tip says, I found your channel in my algo. I think you you and King Thrash are by far the most honest YouTubers when it comes to discussing Xbox. Keep up the great work, bro. I appreciate that. I definitely think King Thrash and myself approach content very differently. I like him. I think he's funny. I do not agree with him on certain things. He and I have disagreed back and forth on Twitter, and we've been cordial with each other. We've shared DMs. I don't have any issues with him. But I also don't think we create... We don't have the same aims with our content. I'll just say that, okay? <laughs> Love you, Thrash. We are we do not create the same type of content. <laughs> We're very uh, yeah. Yeah, trademark vacuumus. That's right. Trademark it. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> uh. Hmm. In an interview, Bandai and Amco suggested that even though Armored Core 6 won't match Elden Ring sales, future Armored Core games may be possible as they want to take this IP further in the relationship with From Software. Oh, nice. <clears throat> no jokes, different content, but it's the honesty. I don't watch enough of his contents to comment on honesty. I watch him for, for to laugh. I think he's funny. I watch, oh no, it's Alex's salt videos for the same reason. I watch to laugh. You know. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going there for like accurate reporting as Alex slaps his thighs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, I don't go to thrash like overdubbing Jim Ryan for accuracy and truth. I'm like, this is funny. You know what I'm saying? When this storm of Starfield is is uh, over, other companies can drop negative news like the PlayStation price hike. It'll not be covered. I don't know. Did we cover the Xbox Game Pass price hike? Did we? I don't know if we did or not. Uh, we covered the price increase of $70. I reacted to Doc Dark. Uh, I reacted to Starfield and Redfall increasing the price to $70. I reacted to the PS5 price increase. I have a whole video on that. Uh, I have a video on the PS5 price increase. Uh, PS Plus price upgrade criticism. I covered that. Um, PS5 $70 games are hurting sales. I reacted to that. Uh, ah, well, there you go. I've actually covered price criticisms and price increases more when it comes to PlayStation than Xbox. But I'm just a Sony pony. Vacuumous adjective resembling or consisting of vacuum. Wait, did I just spell it wrong? Is it actually a word? Hang on, hang on. Adjective vacuumous, comparative, more vacuumous, superlative, most vacuumous, resembling or consisting of a vacuum. It's a word! Is it? It looks like its origin is fairly young. 2005. By the way, oh, I won't see him again, Suede. That was just last night.
You covered Xbox changing tiers. Oh, that's true. We covered Xbox Core, but we didn't cover their price hike. I did not cover the Xbox Game Pass price hike. I didn't. Now, I talked about it. I said, listen, everybody's prices are going up. I said, PlayStation prices will go up. Disney's prices are going up. I never once singled out Xboxes if they were the only one going to raise their prices. I've always said, everybody's going to do this. It's the nature. It is the nature of subscriptions. You missed coining the term by 18 years. Shoot. Yeah. The pr- the point is, though, the point is, I don't know if you were trying to insinuate it or not. If you go to my channel and you look at price changes and price hikes, I've actually covered PlayStation more than Xbox in that realm. I have. I never avoided those things when they happen. Yo, 55 gets bumped to 56... Still tempting somebody to drop a 20 bomb all the way to 76, Agent of Chaos and the layup. Thank you, the official tribe. Subservice price increases aren't news beyond they happened. You talked about Game Pass price raises when it happened, but it was a sideline comment convo, not a stream topic. Yeah, because I don't, what are you going to do? I can't discuss that for two hours. Well, Game Pass raised their prices by a dollar, and, uh, well, that's the end of this briefing. What do you guys think? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, there's no story there. That's why I didn't cover Game Pass price increases. It was like, who cares? Everybody's going to do it. Everybody's going to raise their prices. It's the standard procedure for, uh, for subscription services. It's the standard procedure. Not at all abnormal. Sony just announced PS Plus just had a price increase. Okay. I I don't understand the point that you're making. When Xbox announced their price increases for Game Pass, I didn't do a show on that or an upload on that. I didn't think it was newsworthy because water's wet, man. It's a dollar. It's going up a dollar. PlayStation Plus going up in price. Okay. We all said that was going to happen. We did. I said, nobody's immune to this. Everybody's going to do it. You're going to get those emails and you're going to be like, huh, babe, are we still, we have Netflix. Like everybody's going to get those emails. It's just, it's the nature of the world that we're in right now. And subservices don't, do not have a promising future right now. They don't. The Netflix bubble burst and the subservice in the game world's already, already in decline. It's already in decline. Subservices hit saturation and they raise prices. Happens every time. Right. It's it's the model. It's Yeah. And there's also articles coming out about the subservice being in decline. Now that might be worth covering. Both PlayStation and Xbox are seeing a decline in their subservices. I was saying other outlets may not cover it because of the Starfield storm going on right now. It depends, Aerodimus. I think people that write articles are in are they're in a particular there's a benefit like go to go to their twitter feed right go to the gamer games radar game rant ign brother they're just tweet an article tweet an article tweet an article i can't do that i can't i cannot do like eight videos a day it there's no way even if i did them as shorts bad idea really bad idea but they can do that because what they're trying to do is they're trying to insert themselves into all those SEO funnels 
to be like anybody that goes to Google and says PlayStation Plus price went up they're there so I actually think the gaming press outlets will cover this it's literally how we know about it they're going to be covering it they're going to tweet about it they're going to write articles about it YouTube's just such a different animal you cannot go quantity you'll 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 murder yourself did you read the game industry biz article where Devolver Digital and another indie said that subservices were hurting revenue for them? I did. I did. I saw that brap and it's not surprising at all. It's not surprising. I literally a couple of months ago said it's great for indies, some of them right now. I said, but it stands to reason, especially with Game Pass, if they get Activision Blizzard, they're going to be offering you smaller deals. Do you really think Microsoft's going to have these really sweet, padded Game Pass contracts for indie studios when Game Pass has Activision Blizzard on it? Like when they can put Call of Duty and Diablo on Game Pass? Do you really think they're going to give some some indie studio with four people and a $20 game? You, you think they're going to give them some crazy amazing deal? No. They'll start offering lower deals. And then it's creating an ecosystem where if you're not on Game Pass, you're not going to be all that successful. This is why I said months ago that I think Game Pass and ID at Xbox should be sort of synthesized in a way where you foster an ecosystem of purchase. Hey, another great benefit of Game Pass is indie trials. You can try these games, play them for an hour, and then if you like them, buy them. Foster an ecosystem of purchase that justifies giving that indie company less money to be featured in that. You don't have to give them as much money. And then the indie company, if they make a good game, they're in a funnel of people trying the game and then they'll buy it. That's a much healthier ecosystem for for smaller games with smaller budgets. It's like if somebody tries out the game for an hour and it's really good, look, look at Death's Door. Death's Door crushed it on Steam. 100,000 units sold first week. It's made by two people. And now it's landing on it's landed on consoles. I just saw it on PS Plus the other day. It's like th- th- there's other ways to leverage Game Pass and it's just it just hasn't been done. And for indie studios especially, I've been very frustrated. It's like that will run out. You can't keep giving indie studios big checks because eventually Game Pass is going to be saturated with 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 really really big monolithic titles like Call of Duty. We've been saying that this could be the downside of the ABK acquisition. That's right. You, you have all these monolithic franchises and indies will get squashed. No one's going to pay the frick attention to these little indie titles. And because of that, Microsoft's going to justifiably say, why are we going to give them tons of money? There's no ROI on this studio or this game. Yeah. Give them $200,000 and, and t- tell them take it or leave it. You expect Starfield scores on PC to be higher than on console? No. I don't. I think anybody that wanted DLSS is going to automatically take points off. And AMD made it clear that the lack of DLSS support in Starfield was not their doing. It was Bethesda and Microsoft. Somebody over there. I don't know why or you want my personal opinion? It was Microsoft. Microsoft doesn't want the game running better on PC, and DLSS would have probably helped with that. 
That's an optics problem, isn't it? And I saw his reviews. Starfield's running. Look at, oh my gosh, look at that. They're leveraging DLSS. Look how good it runs on PC. Why can't we get that? Well, you can't get DLSS on the console, so... You know that thing we just talked about last week called feature parody? <laughs> Do you remember when I said first-party Xbox titles would likely not get things on PC because of feature parody? Well, this could be one of those times. This, this could be one of those times where all you guys that like DLSS, well, you're not getting it. And uh, it wasn't AMD's doing. There's no contract. There's no exclusivity contract. AMD made that very clear. They're not preventing DLSS. So, not exactly. AMD used snake oil salesman wording. They also said money definitely exchanges hands, and there's the expectations that they'll prioritize FSR. But why do you think that is? What, like, why do you think that is? First, better, best. That's right. First, better, best. It's got to be first, better, or best on, on Xbox. You can't have DLSS on PC making the game, you know, because especially if you see, let's let's imagine that you see tech breakdowns and you're like, this would be really damning. Here's a play, here's a PC that is equal to strength of the Series X and it leverages DLSS and gets 60 FPS. Do you think that's a good headline? Do you think that's a good benchmark breakdown? Do you think that's a good tech analysis? I don't think so. I don't think Xbox wants that. I I don't think it's hard to sniff out why DLSS is not happening in Starfield. Starfield doesn't have DLSS. That's literally what I'm talking about. You can't get DLSS on a console because of the chipsets. So any PC with an NVIDIA card that could have leveraged DLSS could have gotten better performance, and I don't think Microsoft wanted that. I told you guys, I said just last week, I said, y'all PC Master Race homies don't realize that this feature parity problem, it's going to come to your doorstep. And I think it already is. I think it already is coming to your doorstep. Microsoft's like, no, don't, you cannot implement DLSS. No, we want there to be a feature parity between where this game lands and you can't give something to PC that we can't do over here. So is this a pro Starfield or anti Starfield stream? It's neither because I don't exist in your false binary. What do you mean it's not confirmed? It's been reported by multiple outlets and multiple sources that there will not be DLSS support for Starfield. AMD had to specifically address this, and they said, we're not not the cause for that. So when somebody says, do I think it's going to get a better score on PC than console? No, because all those guys on PC, have you seen the way the PC audience acts? Have you seen it? 
You don't really think these guys that spend this money and they count those frames. You honestly think they're going to be cool with that? Like, I don't... No DLSS. No, I didn't, I didn't end up getting a new PC. Reported as a rumor. What are you talking about, Vic? Who reported it as a rumor? Why would AMD respond if it's not official? Wouldn't AMD simply say, that's a rumor? Would, would AMD even respond to a rumor officially? That doesn't make any sense. It, that doesn't add up. I've never seen a company do an official response to a rumor. Two-day-old account. Take a walk. Two-day-old account. Farming clips. Get out of here. He's there with the PC audience. LOL. Yeah, I'm not happy with a lack of DLSS support. Brap! Brap! Any game that uses the Epic Online Store for co-op gets, gets shredded immediately. It happened to Returnal. What was the game recently we read? As soon as they, as soon as people detected Epic Online Store, they got angry and they gave it a low score. What game were we looking at that said that? Come on, man. A PC audience, dude. <laughs> They're not going to take too kindly to not having DLSS support. There's a lot of folks with NVIDIA cards that are not going to like that. <clears throat> I will be streaming Starfield this Friday, correct? Stone Spire with a $5 Super Chat tip. Unfortunately, it seems the only way we're going to get DLSS on PC is uh, through Patreon. Thank you so much for the five spot. Oh, uh, yeah. Or, you know, like, I'm assuming you're talking about Patreon and paying for a mod, right? Yo, what's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. A PC gamer officially reporting AMD says Bethesda can add DLSS support to Starfield anytime it wants. But it's just a rumor. PC Gamer's byline says, not that we really needed it, but here's our confirmation that Starfield doesn't currently include DLSS support. But a two-day-old account in here farming clips lies and says, that's just a rumor. Like, I I just don't know. I, I cannot connect with and empathize people that just do that, to just habitually lie. It's like, it's just bizarre, man. That's weird. That's weird behavior. You're going to pay every time the mod gets updated. Not a good plan. Wait, is that how that works? With those guys that do Patreon mods? Verge said the same, but a rumor. The PC market doesn't mess around. We spend top dollar and have top dollar expectations. I read on Reset Era that the modder who pledged to make DLSS 2 and 3 mod after release was given a review code by Bethesda. I, okay, what, you just is that just an observation, or are you is there a point? I'm not sure why you're saying that. Nvidia Tech speaking to the Verge, AMD gaming head Frank Azer said that AMD asked partner developers to prioritize AMD's own upscaling tech called FSR, but doesn't demand exclusivity. If and when Bethesda wants to put DLSS into the game, they have our full support. Yeah, confirmed by the. 
gaming head of AMD. There is no DLSS support. The DLSS mods are a subscription, basically. Oh. <laughs> oh, I forgot. We're... We're gonna go, uh, we've got an update on the day before, and we're gonna go to that in like, we're gonna go in nine minutes. You guys, if you want to hit 75 members, you have eight minutes to do so. What is going on with YouTube today on the back end? Goodness gracious. There we go. Uh... The day before. <laughs> the day before is uh oh man, you guys are gonna want to watch this one. <laughs> it's something. It's uh it's something. <laughs> You're gonna wanna watch this video. Come on, it's funny. It's uh <clears throat> it's funny, it's funny, it's one of my it's one of my favorite topics. It is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> I can't, I can't not laugh. It's one of my favorite topics. <laughs> the truth will come out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure will. <clears throat> yeah. You guys are going to want to watch this one, dude. Don't miss this one. It's going. This one goes live in like seven minutes. Alright, I'm going to give the members that I owe you guys in this premiere, it gives you, <clears throat> excuse me, it gives you the maximum amount of time uh, to gift members, so you have a little bit of time if you guys want to try to hit 75 members, uh, we're going to set this as a premiere at uh, 12.15, we want the ambient intro, we need to redirect to members only, alright, and save and schedule. Okay, and then I want the day before to loop back to that. And then I want this video to redirect to the day before video. (laughs) Bro, dodge my question. What do you mean? I don't dodge questions. I just didn't see it. It's because the consoles use AMD chips. What are you talking about? Where did you ask me a question? But do games like Halo and Forza have DLSS? If so, doesn't that kind of kill your argument? Oh, you're saying do do Halo and Forza have DLSS on PC? Halo infinite DLSS support on PC. Halo Infinite should 100% have DLSS on PC. DLSS is not currently supported in Halo Infinite. Okay, let's see. (laughs) 
Okay, Forza Horizon had an update that added DLSS support to the PC version. Yeah. So, that still lines up with what I'm saying. They They may add it later, but they don't want you to have it at launch because they don't want any tech breakdown saying, here is a PC that's essentially equal to the Xbox and DLSS is making it run better. Don't you see? Like, I'm not calling this a, like, foul play or, like, they're keeping DLSS for you. I'm saying there could be a very strong parody motivation to say we don't want Xbox titles dropping with DLSS support day one because it's going to make the game look and run better on PCs. You can add it later, but at launch, no way. I was just curious if there was. Yeah, I wasn't dodging. I mean, Halo Infinite doesn't have it, and they added it to Forza after the fact. So you could get DLSS support officially added to Starfield later on down the line. It makes perfectly good business sense for Xbox to be like, we don't want DLSS DLSS support for Starfield during its launch window. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm saying it makes perfectly good business sense to say, you can't do that on the consoles because they're AMD chips. We don't want that going on on PC. It's worth tanking their sales on PC due to bad performance just because they want parity. I doubt it. <laughs> Did you see what happened with Baldur's Gate 3? You think they're going to get stronger sales by having it come later or weaker sales? Which where do you think it's going to land? Like in the grand scheme of things, if they would have launched at the exact same time as everyone else, versus later, the embargo drops on the thirty-first at noon Eastern. Massive L for PS Plus to increase the price. Massive L for Game Pass when they increase the price. Massive L for Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime when they increase the price. Subscription service prices go up. There's there's nothing alarming here. There was nothing alarming when Game Pass's price when Game Pass prices went up. There was nothing alarming about it. It's it's just another day in the business world. What are they thinking increasing the price? What does every subscription service in existence think when they increase their price? Why do you think they do it? Could you, could you come up with... you think there's an economic reason? you think there's a business reason? I mean, they do it all the time. All these companies do it. Do you think there's maybe potentially a business reason? Do you think they don't like you or... Do you think it's like a natural trajectory of hitting saturation in the market and then raising price to maximize profit with your existing consumer base? Like There was no controversy when Xbox did it. There's no controversy when PlayStation does it. It's business as usual. It's par for the course. It's just another Tuesday. So, all right, I got to end the stream on kick. We're going to head to this uh, premiere 
about the day before. Guys, I'm going to put a link in chat. I'm going to spam the link in chat. Do me a favor. If you have not smashed the like button on this stream, do so. I bet you there's 100 people who haven't hit like yet. I bet you we could hit 700 likes right now as the video ends. And then click the link in chat. Let's head over to this video. If you're not tuned in to what's happened to the day before, you're going to want to check out this video. I'll gift the members when we get over there. I'll see you guys over there in the chat. Thanks for another great day. This day before situation is hilarious. Let's go check out this premiere.